Welcome to the Something Something Experience podcast, episode 64. I'm Michael John Simpson. After a month's hiatus, we are back. This week's episode is a compilation of two roundtable discussions about our fallen alien god, David Bowie. This was recorded over two weeks with former podcast guests Patrick Duncan, Hayden Black, Shannon Quarter, Travis Olgen, and Tara Price, as well as newcomers Rachel Weinstein and Shannon Robles. We commiserated, talked, shared stories, sang, and cried. I smiled sadly for a love I could not obey. Here's episode 64 of the Something Something Experience. Look up here, I'm in heaven. I've We've got, got Shannon Corner, we've got Patrick Duncan and Hayden Black, and we're all here to talk about the loss of our glorious, sparkly star of an alien god, mm-hmm. the great Bowie. Um, I wanted to do... This is actually your idea, Patrick, of having a, a group oh. people get together and just commiserate, really, just to kind of get together and talk, uh, reminisce, talk about experiences and reminisces and where you were and when, what, when, when and where and why and how and who and mm-hmm. in the ways that that Bowie touched your existence and informed you to whatever degree about who you are and why why he, his his disappearance from the planet affects us all on such a profound level. Well, I can tell you that for what it meant for me, what Bowie meant for me, I mean, it's not unusual for somebody who is androgynous or uh, LGBT or whatever to talk about how he influenced them, but it speaks, I think, volumes to his influence that he influenced everybody, even people who don't wear glitter, you know, and... uh, I just driving over here I thought what's the sound bite what do I say about this guy and what he really meant to me and to me um, you know people have been saying for a long time be yourself mm-hmm. you know Mr. Rogers said that mm-hmm. that's probably the first mm-hmm. guy I heard that from sure. be yourself from Mr. Rogers sure. but Bowie said be yourself and it's okay to figure that out as you go mm-hmm. you know you don't have to be any one thing because by the time I had figured out who Ziggy Stardust was he was already onto the thin white dude sure you know sure well gosh where do I start because uh, Bo's always been there it's been there my entire life sure and, mine you know, too mine was, too there was no time that I was that I've been born that Bowie hasn't been in the charts so um, I think that, that obviously his influence is is ridiculous and, and can't be overstated um, I obviously was aware of him in some way because I, I was a little kid in the 70s. But I think I really started to kind of come to Bowie with uh, Ashes to Ashes because uh, the new romantic movement, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was all influenced by him 10 years earlier. Sure, sure. Was, that was my music. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, mine too. I was all about the new romantic yeah, stuff yeah. and the gender bending. and New wave, just, the makeup, the yeah, flowy it was clothes. Yeah, so fun and bright and colorful. And, you know, to a kid, that's that's like, um, uh, I can't think of words. It's, it's you know, it's, 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 it's like moth to a flame. Oh, sure. So, um, so that's where I, I, I kind of became aware of him. And then within, within a brief period, obviously, he was on to the Let's Dance album. Um, and at that point, I was living in America. And, uh, uh, and, and there was Bowie doing the whole new romantic thing. Mm. And, um, 
so that intrigued me. Uh, and of course, it was under pressure. And um, it's Bowie, so we will forgive the dancing uh, in the streets. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I love it. I fucking I love it. And you know what? Talking, we're talking of like things that divide people. One of my favorite '80s <laughs> albums was the Never Let Me Down album. Yeah, and most yeah, people most people don't. And that I'm and like, Tonight, people just pass it over. Tonight. I did until a few years back. You know, always, since it, Tonight, I mean, I love you know uh, um, Tina Turner. What's the Alien one? Loving the Alien. Or loving the Alien. Oh, oh yeah, been a yeah, song. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that Pat Metheny involved in that? Oh, well, he did. Uh, this is not America. They did oh, that right. for a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. right. On that album, and of course, you know, Jazz for Blue Jean, great pop songs. Mm. Um, but never let me down. I, I don't understand why it got panned the way it did. And then the nineties came, and then there was Black Tie White Noise, yeah, which yeah. was just you know I think his first kind of jazz rock fusion. Sure, album. sure, sure. Um, well, you had that that don't uh, jump they say, and it and it's that very synth driven mm-hmm. dance, you know, high energy kind of dance song. Then you got. Um, Black Tie White Noise, which is a total like jazz fusion, like pow kind of, you know, you're wearing a black tie with the with the tie undone, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that kind of a number. It's a it's a great album, and I think around that time is when I read this huge book by John Savage called England's Dreaming, like that thick. Yeah, yeah. And it was all about punk and what it had done and and where it had gone and all that. And then there was this massive chapter on Bowie and specifically the late seventies, uh, you know, Berlin. Triptych. Sure. And, and um, that's when I was like, starting to go back because, you know, I was too young to, you know, get it at the time. It was there in my, sub- in, in my subconscious because, you know, it was on top of the pops and on the radio uh, in my home. But um, that's when I started to really get an appreciation for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he's just, you know, just to sort of ramble forever. He's mm-hmm. just always been there. And, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? He always will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shannon, what about you? Well, it's funny you talk about dancing in the street because people have those those magnets on their refrigerators that are like... Um, dance as if no one is watching, and I, they really—they really do were that. dancing like nobody was, <laughs> I, I, even though there were was, cameras rolling. The whole planet was watching. Yeah. What they were wearing, and I, yeah. even, even in the eighties, I was like, <laughs> oh, those long coats—they were is, great. Yeah. If anybody could make a David Tennant would never have been as good of a Doctor Who unless he had on a Bowie dancing you know, in the street. Go back, coat. by the way, real quick. You, you watch Live Aid now. Mm-hmm. And I think that oh. when I last did a few years ago, the, all I could think of was how many fucking mullets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in a fucking yeah. people with no hair had mullets. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is well, but, but Bowie was doing a mullet in 74. <laughs> 73. Oh, I'm glad mm. he dropped that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know. Like a, ahead of the mullet. <laughs> ahead, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's one of the things about the music industry, too. You know, you mentioned uh, least favorite Bowie albums. Every time someone changes in the music mm. industry, there's a panic over who they're going to lose. Mm. Who of my fan base is not going to be with me when I change? Bowie never cared. Yeah. He was yeah. different yeah. on every album. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, I hate oh, what he's doing he was now. An and then who used yeah. music as his medium. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No. That was yeah, music no, no, was he was an artist. Mm-hmm. Music was his paintbrush, his easel, yeah. his whatever. But my thing was I call Bowie, rightly so, the single most influential person in modern music. Mm-hmm. Sure, you have Elvis, you have Little Richard. Those two right there from everything rock, pop rock oriented springs there from probably, and definitely Little Richard before Elvis. But I mean, just, but Bowie hits and this whole right curve just yeah. springs off. Alternative music, you know, glam begat 
punk begat mm-hmm. post-punk begat goth begat new wave begat neo-romantic begat 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 and mm-hmm. those other artists elvis little richard kept doing the same thing yeah. as they're throughout their career Bowie kept changing, and whenever there was some new medium, he was grabbing at music videos. When he was, he was always grabbing a computer animation. And he was involved in the Cool World album. He was involved, and then he works with Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, that mm-hmm. whole sound. He did industrial, he did jazz, he did techno, he did everything. He was so fearless. I yes, mean, and he yes. became the the thing that blows my mind as somebody who's an actor. Who I occasionally go, gee, I'd kind of like to sing or be a rock star or something like that. It's like people will tell you, no, 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 no don't cross over because yeah. if you embarrass yourself, it'll hurt your career. He was not afraid of any of that, and he became an actor who then commented on himself. Yeah. Man Who Fell to Earth, which is virtually impossible to find anymore on, on Blu-ray or DVD, huge influence on me as a filmmaker sure. and storyteller. Sure. And, oh, they ran it last night on Encore, mm-hmm. and my DVR wasn't ready. I didn't know they were doing it. Busted. And it doesn't look like it's going to run again, so it must be ridiculously expensive I'll, I'll to play you, it. I'll I'm get, sure I'll it'll be you, around. I'll they'll probably be, they'll probably be putting it out soon. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was one that I missed buying when it was available on... Uh, Merry Maybe Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. The hunger. The fucking the hung- hunger. Hunger. One of my favorite moments when... Tony he, Scott. Oh, in, in that movie, and, oh. when he uh, he goes into Catherine Deneuve's office and she's running out. And then when she comes back, he's aged like a hundred years. Yeah, and he yeah. says, hey, you shouldn't have kept me waiting yeah. so long. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, haven't we always wanted to say that to a doctor? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Suddenly so, he's yeah, like a yeah. hundred years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, the wonderful sequel, it spawned the Hunger Games. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s. So sure, I, you, you betcha. I have my babe with the power. What power? Babe with the power. Who do? You do. We're my, do what? I should have practiced this. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say you're, you're a girl of the 80s and then show a t-shirt with no 80s reference. Or, or at least the most obscure. Uh, <laughs> magic dance. Well, I've got my Sound and Vision, sound and vision t- shirt, uh, tour shirt on. Um, my, unbeknownst to me, my first real, I mean, obviously I was hearing Bowie on the radio all through the 70s, um, but unbeknownst to me, my first real exposure was Bowie with Klaus Nomi on and on SNL in '79, and then going back and watching that and going, "Oh God!" I sat and watched that when it was live on television yeah. when, when I was eight years, when nine years old, because it was October of '79. But do then a Klaus Nomi podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, but then for me, the the time that Bowie really first took hold was, uh, you know, I'm I'm a Gen Xer, I'm not, uh, MTV generation, and I didn't have MTV, but other people did, and we we had a local music video show and all the music videos the Let's Dance album and that was the one that really grabbed me mm-hmm. and made you know and, and all the girls at, at, at school thinking that the China Girl video was so icky because there's that scene where they're fucking on the beach well, and- I do have to say because this is hysteric so the DVD comes out a couple years ago of all his music videos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, compendium. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like two DVDs. Which includes all the Top of the Pop stuff and so all that, I'm, yeah, too. I'm watching it, and the China Girl video comes on. <laughs> and I was I was in hysterics over the fact that it's it's so... Like, you could not do that video now. And I'm not talking about the, that stuff. I'm talking about the bit where he's pulling oh, his yeah. eyes by... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just laughing that, like... 
you know, it was of its time when it was mm-hmm. when racism was more okay than it is now, like, oh, and especially like, Asians. Um, but you know, <laughs> that just made me laugh. Like, oh my yeah. god, he did that. Well, and then also the long cut of the video, which they showed a couple times. They're fucking on the beach, bare ass on the beach, bam, happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like. Wait, what? Yeah, Did I just see that on TV at 13? Wow. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yes. yes. Uh, old man in the room again. Uh, that was... A, we went to... My wife and I went to see uh, uh, Labyrinth when we got engaged. That was like... Uh, now, that's a hell of a date right there. Yeah. Uh, like after I we took got, my first wife to see Jay, Le- Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we, oh my God, and we saw it and I just went, the son of a bitch, he's going to be corrupting youth again. He's made a children-friendly movie, although it's a little creepy if you look... Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never seen but, Labyrinth. Uh, but, uh, most oh, children if only in the costuming department. But I just went, it's like he is going to be introduced to a whole generation of kids yeah. now because of this movie. Oh, that's, ex- that's exactly how I was introduced. Yeah. Sure. So I didn't know he made music. He was just the Goblin King. He was just the Goblin King, yeah. For a really long time. Yeah. And then, like, I, yeah. you know... What was I, his first album... Uh, the, uh, what was the first album of his that you bought or got into other than the Labyrinth soundtrack? Well, I, I actually am not as versed in the music side of things, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll be upfront about that right now. Sure. But I... Love him as like David Bowie, the pop icon. I um, there you go. He was there you go. A weirdo, yeah. And that he um, didn't care what people thought and kept changing things mm-hmm. over and over. Like a band like U2, when they came out with Zuropa, everybody just freaked the fuck yeah, out because yeah. that they were like the same, the same, the same, the same. Whoa, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, you listen to that. That's one of my favorite U2 albums. Sure, I love yeah. That album. sure. Yeah. Sure. But the fans were like, no. You know, Daddy's going to pay for your crash car. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and they shared a producer with Bowie. Yeah, too. yeah Brian Eno. Brian Eno. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, he was so fun, too. I didn't realize oh, how God. funny he was. And uh-huh. I was like, watching all, you know, everybody's posting all this stuff. And he was like, um, Conan was showing some old oh, clips. Yeah, and just the yeah. way he interacts with him is mm-hmm. so funny. And he's mm-hmm. laughing with him and he's enjoying himself. Like, he wasn't some stuck up arse you know right like um and i didn't know this he did a voice on spongebob square yeah oh yeah and he was like really excited totally totally Mm. well i think his daughter was younger young quite a bit younger at the time so Mm. it was a few years back so yeah i think a lot of i mean there's a lot of people in the entertainment business who will do stuff because their kids are going to mm. dig I'm it. I'm of his TV stuff. That, that stint he did on Extras was just... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I God, yes. Yeah. 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 Chubby little fat Chubby man. Chubby little fat man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Bowie just proved over and over and over again that he literally could do anything. Yeah. That, that, mm-hmm. the, that the, the, the world was his paintbrush. He mm-hmm. could just do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And most of it... Would, you know, I mean, and even even if the, if it wasn't exactly what you were expecting or exactly to your taste, there was always some value in it of some on some level mm. to to everyone. There was yeah. always something for everyone there. So now you're talking about Tin Machine. Yeah, Tin Machine, <laughs> I love yeah. Tin Machine. Yeah, I, I like really get into it. I like the harder the you know Reeves Gabriel's on guitar and just yeah, I liked it a lot. I didn't get to go and see the tour. Like but. so much stuff, it was an acquired taste, right? Even the biggest fans of it didn't get it the first time they heard it, you yeah. know. And it's like Baby. Tin Machine, no, Baby. I did not like Baby. Tin Machine. Soupy Sales as kids. Then I suddenly went, okay, let me give this another shot. And then I went, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I get yeah. it now. And, you know, my first Bowie experience, 
oh my god, the accidental Bowie fan. Like I, I was telling you, is this like I was one of those kids in the early seventies. If my parents were out for the evening, I could stay up late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were not a lot of opportunities in the early mid seventies to see music. Mm-hmm. So I got to watch the Midnight Special, mm. and yeah, I saw yeah. the Midnight Special that he hosted. Pinups was his current release at the time, and he did Sorrow, that music video for Sorrow. And I saw that, and my mom and dad came in from their date while Sorrow was going on, and they thought I was watching gay porn. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, it Did was like, gay porn I think, exist in mom, the 70s? Mom, it's art. I think, I think my mom, I think my mom, yeah, was I never maybe, thought it my mom was most bothered by the fact that this guy had no eyebrows. Yeah. I think that was the thing that like was weirdest. <laughs> but he had that whole Linda McCartney thing going on. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, he had the, <laughs> Wings he had over the, America and it's like, wow, you put him side by side and you're like, whoa. Yeah, he was transitioning <laughs> out of uh, the Aladdin Sane period kind of into uh-huh. the beginning because he was wearing Beginning a white tux. of the thin white tube, and yeah. And, you know, they were they were mildly upset, but they watched the whole thing, and, you know, one of their friends was there with them, and they went, you know, if you close your eyes, he's got a good singing voice, you know? <laughs> that was quite progressive of them. It was very yeah. nice. Yes, it was very good. And uh, The flip to that was in, in, the seven, in the 70s in England when he appears on top of the pops. Mm. you got to think that, that um, you know, you got to remember... Three channels at the time. Oh, yeah. Of course, no internet. No. And no reruns and no, no videos no. and DVDs, etc. So you saw what you had. And Top of the Pops was, wasn't the only, but it was the music show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, um, and so you've got to imagine the power of, of every family gathered in the living room mm-hmm. watching television. And, you know, you're a teenage kid and you sit there with your parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because Top of the Pops, bless it, was home to all kinds of pablum and silliness and it was it was the charts right mm-hmm. and the you know the english pop charts have, uh, have never been uh, highbrow it's no, been a, no, uh, no. a mix of, of all kinds of shit and in there walks bowie with the whole androgyny mm. uh, the androgynous look and stuff mm-hmm. and you've got father's heads exploding oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah young teenagers no son of mine's going to be going to get up with the dandy with the makeup and young teenagers heads exploding as well. But oh yeah, yeah, way. yeah. So his his um, his influence was phenomenal. It was always very different, also in England, and even you know in uh, uh, in America, you had when there was only radio, you had things that were regional hits. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. when Station to Station came out, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. TVC 15 was the big hit off of that, and I don't think that's ever been an, even included on a, a right. hits collection. Yeah. You know. But I mean, that was the song that everybody was playing. It's where on the I best of Bowie compilation, right, yeah. the, the the three four four. Because it's got, I mean, it's got pop song all over. Sure, it's sure, a great, sure. great, great oh, yeah. song. But I mean, I remember. And so- they did that on 70, 79 with Klaus Nomi. Yeah. They, that was one of the tunes they and did. Talking the poodle, about the little uh, television, the heads exploding. Yeah. Uh, when Changes One came out. Uh, the picture of him on the cover of that, he looks like he could be Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And back then. A hits collection, all the sound songs were pretty much going to sound the same. But Changes One Bowie, like every song sounded different. It almost sounded like its own album. And yeah. my best friend had that album, was given to him by somebody else. He was like, oh, this is great. But his only visual of David Bowie was that picture on the cover of Changes One with where he looks like Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so the Midnight Special was going to rerun. So I said, David, we've got to watch David Bowie on Midnight Special. you yeah. got to see this. you got to yeah. see what this guy looks like. Nice. 
I watched my friend suddenly hate David Bowie. Wow. Just yeah. watch, just, yeah. and, you know, he yeah. used he used the old familiar F word going, that guy's up. Yeah, And yeah, I yeah. was like, I was, I'm not going to pretend that at, like, 13 years old, I was the world's biggest champion of gay rights. Sure. But I, even back then, I went, well, it doesn't change the sax solo. Yeah. It doesn't change a note of the music. Yeah. I mean... Can you like the way this sounds and it's an entertaining visual and it's weird and it's, yeah. but no, I mean there were people who were just like the posters came down oh, off the yeah, wall yeah, or you know yeah. like Elton John when Elton John said oh I'm mm-hmm. bisexual, yep. posters came yep. off the wall yep. you know, yeah, but uh, he started was, to wonder what brown dirt cowboy meant. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that he he I mean like he's still shocking like well was about a week ago. Or, but um, I remember watching the video for Black Star and being like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. this is so crazy!" Mm-hmm. And like, I want to keep watching it, but I don't know what it is. And now, now that I know what was going on, and I listened to that song, it is so unsettling. To me. Yeah, like, and not- and, yeah. and and especially also La- the follow up Lazarus. Yeah. I mean, it's a eulogy, the the, the the God eulogizing himself. I mean, yeah. it's just there was a, there's a dance movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the director was waxing, you know, philosophical about how he was trying to, you know, capture a, a look and a feel for this sound. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching um, the video for uh, for fashion mm-hmm. this morning, mm-hmm. showing it to my mm-hmm. girlfriend. And um, and he's doing the same exact dance. same exact you, thing. You realize, or was it subconscious? Uh, mm-hmm. that, you know? The uh, the jumpsuit that he wears in Lazarus. Uh, someone pointed out that that is similar to or, or identical to. I don't know. Oh, it's exactly the same it's as exactly on Station same. to Station. Station the, to Station. The, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Station to Station with the stripes on it. It's right, the same. Stripes. It's basically. Yeah. It's a slightly although the one he wears I think he my interpretation is he wore one that was purposely baggy to uh, look more gaunt in it purposefully. Yeah, I use the same uh, tactic. <laughs> <laughs> I have some pictures from uh, from last night we uh, some friend my wife and friends and I we all went to uh, our uh, once a month uh, goth club uh, disco necro they did a Bowie tribute night and mm-hmm. and I have never danced so much mm-hmm. in one night in my life. Mm-hmm. They had three rooms going and everyone was was mixing Bowie sometimes two three songs in a row in with their regular set and out on the patio it's a free for all anyway that's all the punk and all and and they play Bowie out there frequently anyway and it was just we dance I we we were out on the patio dancing for an hour and a half straight without stopping and just just no breaks for booze no breaks for bathroom no breaks for just dancing 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 and just but just this outpouring of love it was way packed than it would normally be and and last monday we were at ground control with andrew and um that was such a beautiful night my god it was so great, just so cathartic. Yeah, I was really going to do five years, and I got up. Somebody had already sung yeah. it, and Andrew stopped me and said, "So, what do you really want to sing?" And I said, "Well, I guess I could sing Life on Mars," and the place exploded. And yeah, I yeah. did that halfway through that first uh, chorus. I yeah. lost my shit, and people came up to help me, and arms wrapping around me, and people grabbing the other microphone, and it was a big sing along, and it was just tears streaming down my face. And there's a guy who who's in this, you know, total goth, you know, punky goth band, uh, Ed comes up to me just tears pouring down his face his eyeliner running all over his face mm. and he can't even he can't even just- one of the things that's helped me this week is there is a a super cut montage whatever of David Bowie 
getting irritated with press people. Oh. And it's like an That's eight awesome. minute cut together of <laughs> various interviews and it's yes, oh, yeah. of him just getting completely fucked off at people inter- trying to interview him and asking him the stupidest questions. Or you got the one from like very early seventies where you've got the straight laced BBC, you know, yeah. interviewer asking him all these questions about, well, it sounds like your mom's unhappy that you're not home much. He goes, well, that's kind of my business, you know? Yeah. And it's like, really? And it's like, really? You just asked me about, you know, and all this. And it's just like, you're just like, ah! Well, the thing the thing for me being the age that I am and growing up being, you know, in junior high school, the target audience for MTV, Bowie was just right there. He just stepped, yeah. he just sidled sideways effortlessly into the middle of that whole thing. And all the bands that are surrounding him deeply influenced Duran Duran, etc., the neo-romantic movement, as you said. Well, but as you were just, saying, as you just, were saying... He had been doing music videos for yeah, so long. Yeah, when MTV yeah, 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 broke yeah. onto the scene, they already had a backlog of Bowie videos. Sure, they sure. They weren't playing them much, but they had them. And then, the, I mean, they, even a, a time or two, you would see like Ashes to Ashes. Oh yeah, Ashes to Ashes yeah. was the first one that they really played a lot. But but yeah, I mean, he did a he did a video for Space Oddity. I mean, he, and it took me forever to figure out it was funk to funky. I yeah. was like, how is he saying funk? Yeah. <laughs> In the days when you know I didn't have access. To uh, exactly what the lyrics were, I, I always kind of figured out what they were in my head and remained wrong about them for decades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I did it at uh, Ground Control. I did probably my favorite Bowie song if I had one to pick would be Quicksand, mm. and uh, I always thought uh, he was saying, uh, I, "I'm just a model with potential of a Superman." M O D E L, but it's I'm a mortal with potential mm-hmm. of a Superman yeah, yeah. and it's like you know they both make sense because mm-hmm. yeah. he was he was a model mm-hmm. with potential of a Superman and I always thought it for the longest time I always thought it was I'm a mod like you know oh, the mod, yeah. like uh-huh. the mods I'm a mod with the potential mm-hmm. of the Superman so yeah, yeah but I remember once you know when my dad was saying I can't understand what that guy's saying and I went Dad, if you had the lyrics in front of you, you really wouldn't understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because this yeah. is, I mean, so much of it is just such freeform imagery and poetry mm-hmm. sure, and sure. not something. Well, especially you, some of your bands and, yeah. and people who are basing their stuff off of like literary works. And it's all just kind of like a pastiche almost of, of, mm-hmm. of, a, of an idea from yeah. a wor- another work. And, yeah. And, and, but, but Bowie was always just able to kind of. It's almost like being at a big yeah. party, and he's just able to mingle with anybody, and mm-hmm. and and not and he he in interviews over and over again because people talk, oh, you're influential, you're influential, but he's like, but other people are influencing me too, yeah. and I think mm-hmm. probably one of the most visible uh, examples of that is the work with Trent Reznor yeah. about how Reznor's work. I mean, Reznor always claimed Bowie from the first mm-hmm. album, from everything, always said that Bowie was a huge influence on him, but then it turns out that Bowie here him and wants to work with him and and the influence goes back and, so. and Bowie was just everywhere when Lou Reed died mm. uh, I and and Andrew's uh, karaoke has always been uh, therapy for me sure, I always pick sure. a song and I go in and the day that uh, we found out Lou Reed had died I uh, contacted Lou Reed's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead I contact cancer also yes and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of said I know everyone's gonna want to do this please let me do Walk on the Wild Side oh, tonight. Yeah. And so, you know, I went in there and I did it. And that, that that really broke me up because that was the first song I heard on FM radio that made me go, okay, 
there's an alternative world out oh, there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to listen to that. And Bowie oh, yeah. produced it. Bowie produced it. You know, it. and does yeah. the bing, bong, bong on yeah, the back yeah, of uh, yeah. Satellite of Love. Yeah, I hope yeah. you don't owe royalties for that. Oh, boom, sure. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, don't um, do it for 30 boom, seconds. Boom. Don't do it for 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah Transformer. He produced the yeah. Transformer album. And, and... And his hand was in so many things that just changed the world. I mean, with, you know, Iggy Pop... I mean, yeah, the idiot album that know you know him Iggy and Eno and he wrote yeah. that together. And I, I just watched a uh, what was that show on MTV, songwriters or whatever, where they would mm-hmm. get up and tell the story of their song or VH1 or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Storytellers, storytellers, storytellers. And he yeah. was doing the whole thing of here's a song that I wrote with Iggy Pop, and he was he did China Girl, back to China Girl, without uh-huh. doing the uh, the racist <laughs> eye motions, but or eye uh, gestures. Um, but the uh, um, uh, talking about where he was in the middle of Berlin and here's these two guys just 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 being crazy in the middle of Berlin and here's a song we wrote about power and this and that and everything and, and mm-hmm. yeah just the, the 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 with Bowie it always felt unlike other artists where they were radiating their work outward to you and this is what I'm giving you Bowie for me it always felt like a two-way relationship right and not only with us, but also with the other people that he worked with. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a sense of I don't know if humility is the right word, but a humanity. There was always yeah. a humanity at the heart of, of everything. Well, he wasn't just a, like the first real trans ally. He was. If you look at his work and stuff, clearly, I think his biggest influence, his biggest love, was was black culture, mm. black music, black people, and mm. obviously, you know. Have married a man who dated many black women. Yeah, and it, like I just found this—I didn't know this. Black tie, white noise. The actual real title was Black Ties, White Noise. Mm. Um, it was shortened just for the, just so it sounded better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but meaning that you know all his love of black music and his mm. ties yeah. to that, and coming through him, it's white. Well, noise. the song, yeah, the song Black Tie, White Noise is about that whole blue-eyed soul thing yeah, of, yeah. of you know, here's white people doing soul music and and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily always giving credit back to where it comes from. And even in the 80s, when MTV first started up, Bowie was right there criticizing MTV, saying, where's oh, all the yeah. black artists? Well, I love how MTV is, like, promoting that post now, like, basically saying... You know, isn't Bowie great? But at the same time, going, look at us, we're dickheads. Look, yeah, look <laughs> what assholes yeah. we, were we were back in the eighties. Years, and then we just dropped music altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine was a hell of a drug. The M yeah. stands for, the M you stands know, for was, money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, mediocrity. I, Boom. Young, young Americans was. I remember when that mm. album came out mm. and how mm. rich mm. with R and B and soul that oh, was. Yeah, yeah and the whole background. How that, that totally line, they had six six background singers yeah. up on Did stage with him. Wonderful article, uh, all in street clothes. They were just wearing street yeah. clothes. Yeah. This article just came out this week because now, of course, all the sleaze is coming out. Ava Cherry was talking about her affair mm. with Bowie mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how Angie Bowie didn't mind. They had an open relationship, and when things looked like it was going to be too serious, that's when Angie was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, she's gone." Yeah, but she was talking about the I don't know how many threesomes they had with Jagger. Oh um, yeah! Oh but yeah! Fascinating stories, regardless. Oh sure, you know, sure. Well, I mean, Bowie was pretty. The guy's pre- having fun, and you gotta love. Bowie. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bowie was all. Didn't Bowie say in an interview back in nineteen, like before, like around the time he and Angie got married, it's like I met her when we were fucking some guy together. <laughs> we were both shagging the same bloke. I think <laughs> he said. So yeah, I mean, 
Bowie was, I mean, and of course there's the famous, the famous thing of, of the bellhop walking in and finding him and Jagger yeah. in bed together, but I mean, you know. And this week, the, the, the headline just came out today, 25% of the UK charts is Bowie. Is, is Bowie right All now. his old albums oh. are charting again. Black well, number one, and then yeah. everything else. Yeah. And then a lot of old singles. Yeah, are, are yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. My son told me, like, within hours after uh, Bowie dying, I mean, I've, I've got the entire catalog. But my son told me that it was all gone from Amazon. Yeah. Everything oh, yeah. was, you know, too. within hours after. Yeah, the you couldn't buy a, sing- a single hard copy of that anymore. Yeah. You, you know, digital download fine, but I mean, I already had it all anyway. But yeah. I, I was funny. Like so Monday, I woke up. The dog woke me up early. He wanted to go out to to the bathroom, <laughs> and I don't know why I installed the bathroom in the backyard, but that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's about five. Or so, and I just, like an idiot, I'm like, I'm gonna just check Facebook before I go back to sleep. Yeah. And I see a mm-hmm. bunch of posts about Bowie, mm-hmm. but nothing saying he's dead. Mm-hmm. And then, then I hit the post that was like R.I.P. And I'm like, because I'm wondering why am I seeing all Bowie posts? Mm-hmm. Couldn't go back to sleep at five thirty. It's morning, like this still watch leftover from Friday from his birthday, maybe. Yeah, or? I just five thirty. I got about. I, I walked to to uh, my local bagel shop. I do my work and my writing and stuff. And I was just like, couldn't because I couldn't sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. 5.30, that's what I was doing. I, and listening to Black Star. Yeah. Because yeah, I hadn't heard yeah. it all the way through yet. And yeah. I was just listening to it on repeat. I had heard I had heard Black Star, the song. We watched the video at the dinner table with the kids. We When it came, the day it came out, I came home and said, you guys have to see this. You have to see this. This is a David Bowie household. You have to see this. This is, you know, a month ago <coughs> when it came out. And we watched the whole thing. And, we were, and the kids were just like, wow. I mean, the kids really are into their modern music and and actually our daughters are uh lily is is really into old 50s and 60s you know rock and roll music and stuff too um likes old r&b and things like that as well but she and the kid but the kids and my son is really into all the electronic stuff and um sorry my daughter now um my my kid is trans and so i'm trying to get get her to listen to more bowie because like like there's there's so much richness in that culture it's there go find it you know and and here's more if anything there's more support in the world for you here have some you know Mm -hmm. um not just from us and your friends and your school and all that but but we just sat and watched that whole thing and and at the dinner table and then we saw lazarus when it came out not really knowing it but i hadn't gotten around to buying the album yet and i got up I get up Monday morning, I get up at 4 o'clock because I have this uh, crazy schedule for work, and I get up at 4 to do my business in the morning, and I see a text from a friend of mine from the night before after I went to bed of several tear emoticons, tear, you know, cry face emoticons. I'm like, what's going on? And then I see, hit Facebook, boom, Bowie, Bowie, and I was like, and the tears just just started pouring down my face, and I, I couldn't do, I was, I was paralyzed with emotion. I I couldn't get ready. I couldn't do anything. I was late to work that day. I did fuck all at work that day. I just had to be in it and just read and post and read and post and read yeah. and post and like and post and like and post and comment and just that's what my whole day was yeah. last Monday. Well, and uh, I found out about it through Facebook. You know, Tara, who you're going to have on the show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, next week, um, she had just announced, she goes, hey, I'm liberating, I'm getting off Facebook for a while. Mm-hmm. Within a few hours after this, I mm-hmm. see a post from mm-hmm. her, oh my God, I'm back on Facebook, yep. he's gone. Yep. Yep. And I had always known, I mean, she was this major yeah, yeah. Bowie head. Yeah. And yeah. on top of having suffered you know, a great deal of personal loss recently, 
Uh, I just knew that this was was going to be really not good for her. So I said, you know, please, hey, join us at Ground Control. Sure. If you're up to it. And it was really nice meeting so, her. And I'm glad oh, we talked and yeah. going to have her on and talk about her work as well. Just and, a wonderful person and yeah. a great artist, too. And, and you know, I mean, it's somebody who I think we're going to be discovering as we go, we haven't figured it out yet no. how important he really is. We never was. will. And we, yeah. We, we're never going to, you're never, no one is ever going to be able to. Let's just, we yeah. all enjoy it. Exactly. There was, there was, the, the, the review came out in, in Q Magazine, which I still buy, uh, this British music magazine, mm-hmm. and um, I, I looked at it and it had one star review at the top of the piece. A black I, star? A black star, and I thought... Wow. I thought, oh, Jesus. And it's a long-ass review, two pages. And I start, and I'm reading the review, and I'm like, they sound like they like it. That's odd. I don't ever see anything like that. And I, I finally get to the end of the review, and there's four stars, I think. And then I realized, oh, fuck, it's, it was one star at the top. Right. Which was uh, the the emblematic star of the, of the, of of the, the album. logo of Black oh, Star. Right, right. So it was really confusing and really yeah. funny. That's funny. I just started using Spotify for the first time this week. And I've been listening to Black Star a lot, which is weird at work. It's not something that you just have on in the background. No, um, it, it, it's it's it requires attention. Yeah, mm. but there's there's the little star shapes at the bottom, and I was like, what do those do? Like I thought they were buttons on because I wasn't uh-huh. used to the Spotify interface yet, and then I was like, oh, that's part of ratings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. Call oh yeah, it. yeah, because all the segmented yeah. star people. We're only a couple of weeks into January, but I, I'm gonna call it that. That's the album of the year. Oh yeah, uh, you know yeah. Who's going to do better than yeah. that? Well, what if he's uh, got more stuff that's uh, yet to Posthumous release? releases, we'll see. According to a friend, Tony Visconti said that uh, there might be some uh, stuff in the vault. Oh, cool. That, uh, oh, yeah, Visconti and Eno said that that he and Bowie were emailing in the last month. That yeah. Bowie was already thinking about a new album, mm-hmm. already planning a new album. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's not Black Star, it's going to be something else by Bowie. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Do you think he knew it was so, I mean, like, it's because it's, it was the greatest marketing uh, ploy. I mean, no, seriously, I, I, I do. It's almost yeah. like he waited. He was diagnosed 18 months ago, and I'm pretty sure that he did have the release fairly well timed out. Um, I think probably everything was in the can probably by yeah, summer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the video's done and all that by summer. Probably got the, the prognosis... I think they, I mean, obviously the album dropped on his birthday, and then um, I, I, w- whether the, the Lazarus video dropped like a couple days before that, mm-hmm. and the, the yeah. Black Star video was in mid-December, so I don't know that, you know, obviously I don't think that he knew he was going to die well, two days after his birthday, but it felt like, like it. No, it was, it was, well, it feels like he was like... The I'm, timing was amazing. I'm wasn't done, like already. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. But it felt like, yeah. you know, he... Even it even made his own death a piece of art. Yes, exactly. You know, and how true to form to be that in command of. Well, I think that that jewel encrusted skull in the in the astronaut outfit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in the black star mm-hmm. video mm-hmm. that was making his own death yeah. Mm-hmm. art. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah. In a way, here I am. I'm in heaven. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at me, I'm in heaven. Look at me, I'm in heaven. But, uh, yeah. I've got I mean, scars that you can't see. Mm, yeah. Uh, the Righteous Brothers song, <laughs> Greg Proops was talking about that. Uh, if there's a, if you believe in forever, then, then love is just a one night stand. And if there's a, if there's a rock and roll, rock heaven, and roll heaven, there's, there's gotta then be there's gotta a hell of a band. Yeah. Um, back to what we were talking about, about trans 
culture, fathers losing their shit on <laughs> on watching Top of the Pops. I think Velvet Goldmine encapsulated that pretty well. Yeah. Always assumed that anybody who you had a poster of on your wall... That's who you wanted to be. Either who you wanted to be or who you wanted to sleep with. with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and for me, for me it was Prince. I had Prince posters everywhere. Yeah. And my mom was scared to death of Prince because <laughs> I'm sure she thought I was going to turn black and gay at some point. <laughs> happens to us all. No, I never did sleep with Prince. Oh. Well, you um, know what? He's still alive. That's true. I fell out my chance. (laughs) And hey, you know, he's on Instagram these days. You know, I could hit him up. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I wanted, it was that thing of I wanted to be Prince. I didn't want to sleep with him. I wanted to be Mm -hmm. him. That thing of figuring out that that you didn't have to be a macho shithead in order to to get (laughs) girls to like you. Mm And uh, I think I kind of ran with well, that. that. Was, I loved Bowie's he said story with his, about uh, uh, his uh, <laughs> glitter nail polish on. Convincing, you know, because the the band that was the Spiders from Mars, Ronson and those guys, yeah, yeah, were yeah. all working class Brits who were like, I don't want to wear glitter and eyeshadow. Excuse <laughs> me. And he said he actually told Mick Ronson. He said he said, you know, well, because of the colored lights, if you wear the mascara, you'll actually look normal on set. And that's how he got them to start. Right. It's that whole said, stage makeup thing. Oh, yeah. it, 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 you look better on Then he scene. said, but then he said, once they realized how many women they could get with the glitter, they Bam. started, they started, tar- it, yes. they started tarting it up man. a bit, as they yeah. say. It's, it's <laughs> tarting up. Women aren't, you know, men are more visual, so yeah. like two chicks. And, but, uh, and for a man to be feminized is, is a physically mm-hmm. dangerous thing for them, I think in many ways still. Yeah. When I was... Back in the day when I could grow my hair long, um, I got mistaken for a woman a couple of times. (laughs) Well, it just doesn't look as good as it used to. But I actually got uh, mistaken when I was young, very, very young, got mistaken for a girl a couple of times and thought I was then going to get the shit beat out of me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was that mm-hmm. so challenged. Any mm-hmm. kind of androgyny, mm-hmm. even if it was a mm-hmm. guy who wasn't trying to look like a woman, I just had long hair right. in 1975. Right. You know, I mean, you just like, you know, you find yourself like, I'm scared. I'm now maybe going to get the beat shit up. beat right. out of me. Right. So that stays with you. That sort of thing kind of tends to stay with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. After Rocky Horror, I just didn't give a shit about any of that stuff anymore. I mean, it really because for that Rocky tears down walls. Yeah. Totally, <laughs> totally. And, yeah, talk, that talk whole about don't a work dream, that owes something. Don't to dream Bowie. it, yeah. be it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And, and yeah, there are so yeah. many things. There are so many things that were considered to be feminine mm-hmm. that have nothing to do mm-hmm. with any kind of sexuality. Like I remember, it's like I was the kid who wanted an easy mm-hmm. bake oven. Why? Because I like cookies. You're telling me me there's a toy that makes cookies? Take this fire truck and stuff it up your ass. I want a toy that makes cookies. And it's like, oh, you're gay. You're gay. It's like, I don't really No, but the Snoopy snow cone maker was okay. (laughs) Well, you know, I was just listening to a thing on NPR about, um, you know, grooming products with men. Sure. And they were saying back in, like, the 20s and 30s that women and men used grooming products like equally mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. like um in world war Two, since women were entering the workplace they wanted to f- they wanted something to like be like oh no but you're still a woman like both the women wanted this and society wanted it i don't know so then they were like well you can go to work in the riveting factory but you can wear lipstick and that you know and so it's it's just what we've 
Well, I mean, pretty much everything that we consider to be in terms of fashion mm-hmm. that's quote unquote feminine, most of it was men wearing it first. You know, mm-hmm. high heels, beauty marks, wigs, powdered wigs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, makeup, uh, the, the butt plugs, <laughs> the, the you know the horse whip things, um, you know, nipple clamps. Um, but they, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all of that. I mean, back in Egypt, men wore makeup, women didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and when men wore skirts, women walked around naked, basically. And that was, you know, I mean, and everything we think of now as feminine started off dudes doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think yep. the, the, the biggest irony, I suppose, of Western culture is this this notion that being women, uh, being a woman, being feminine is less than, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's needs to fucking go away is what it means. Yeah. Well, and, and even uh, I, I get annoyed quite frequently when uh, like women will refer to a guy as a pussy. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, are you kidding me? You have one of these glorious things mm-hmm. and you're going to use it as an insult to yeah, something. Don't yeah, speak yeah. derogatorily like that. Yeah, yeah. Men can be dicks. Call us a dick. We don't really care. But right. I mean, it, it's like when it becomes a derogatory comment. Well, you, you remind to, me of a story, actually, Bowie's story that that uses a derogatory comment. But it just—I'll use this as a as a segue. It's a funny story. Uh, I was just reading about this earlier. So during the um, Ashes to Ashes video, uh, they're doing a shot on a, a wide angle camera lens. So the camera's far away, but it looks like Bowie and and the people in it, Steve Strange and a couple others, are close up and as they're starting to shoot this guy this old man starts to walk across frame so Bowie has to just sit and like wait for this guy to finish doing whatever he's doing and and leave so the director I forget his name sees the old guy and says do you know who that is he points over to Bowie who if you remember in the video is wearing the clown outfit mm-hmm. and the old man looks and goes yeah is some cunt in a clown outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and Bowie said that at about that time, you know, the ego, the, everything was, the, the, the success had gone to his head. Sure. And he said that brought him down. And, and <laughs> from then on in, he said he always remembered very fondly that man and his statement because he said at the end of the day, I'm just a fucking cunt, cunt in a clown outfit. Yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I like is occasionally a band will come along and they'll do a song that clearly is about a homosexual relationship of some kind or you'll have a guy singing a girl's song in the voice of the girl mm-hmm. and you know or females you know that kind of thing and and I always delight in that and I always it, it, at, at first it surprises me because that's not all that common even still mm-hmm. but then it also delights me at the same time like uh, Michael by uh, Brent's Ferdinand or um, hearing guys sing in the voice of a woman mm-hmm. always do you know Mary Lambert? Um, I don't she think... keeps me warm. Oh, yeah, yeah. She does the, the Macklemore song, and um, I, I love her so much. She does a version of Jessie's Girl. Oh, nice. That just totally changes it, because sure. it's like, I'm watching Jessie and being... Sitting there in the shadows, not right. saying anything. Right, I'm in love with Jesse's girl. Yeah. I'm a girl, yeah. you know. And the person who I think people are going to now say, I've already heard some people start to say, who was the inheritor of the the David Bowie uh, legacy? People are going to be saying Madonna. Now, my thought had been. Madonna didn't really reinvent herself so much as she had costume changes, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't. A lot. There was some variety Bowie of changes himself, in the music. Though, says yeah, that it was less reinvention with him and more a an, an evolving image that that yeah. was 
because he, he railed against being called the chameleon of pop and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And he was always about how, no, this is just, you can see that, yeah. if you look closely, you can see the through line. Uh-huh. And I think Madonna's through line has been far more just sexualized than, mm-hmm. than anything that his stuff is Sexualized by, the, by people outside of her. Well, I mean, she, she, I mean, look, she came out mm-hmm. in the 80s, yep. and she was definitely responsible for uh, a million bangles on your arm and, and wearing your bra prominently. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so her images since then have all been very sexual. Bowie's mm-hmm. um, uh, have, have always been a lot more avant-garde mm-hmm. than just, I agree. just sexual. And I, I agree. heard, he's, he's I heard sexual. an evolution in the music that I, I didn't quite hear in Madonna. I mean, I'm not trying to judge Madonna. I know she was very you know important to a lot of people. Um, for me, she didn't resonate quite the same way. Mm-hmm. But I just was hearing some people saying, oh, yeah, Madonna was this for me. Well, again, that time with the mm-hmm. MTV thing and everything, I think she did a really good job of capitalizing yeah. on that as well. And this, and the, not, not to, not to, to demonize her in any way, shape, or form. No. It's mm-hmm. apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I wouldn't definitely wouldn't call and, Madonna a one-trick pony, but yeah. but she she definitely, again, it's that thing of... of she she found a thing and yeah. stuck to it and, right. and and kind of stayed on a track. And, and, and Little she, Richard Elvis, but Bowie was just everywhere and everywhere and in every kind of yeah. medium and every different permutation. Mm-hmm. And you know, Madonna did some movies and she, stuff too. But she, I I just don't see anybody even approaching the breadth yeah. and depth and scope and irons and fires right. and fingers and pots and and I remember in, in the uh, I think it was around 1988 or so that I heard this was said that Bowie because the internet was in its infancy in 1988 mm-hmm. but it but David Bowie had already begun yeah do using the internet I mean Does anybody remember the a, David Bowie video game from yeah. 1991 and you could have a, <laughs> a David Bowie.com email address. You can uh-huh. use his domain for an email uh-huh. address. I have a and David Bowie.com shirt that when that was launched. He was one of the richest men in England. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, it was interesting because I one of the first news articles that I read on him was when Diamond Dogs came out. And uh, he had uh, said that uh, he had to borrow money to make the record because yeah. Ziggy Stardust had not made a whole lot of money. It was not. So there was, I think, there was accountants stealing millions. Oh, yes. oh yeah, that yeah. Had yeah, something yeah. And I don't think it. he was one of the first, was he not, to uh, kind of op- uh, offer shares in yeah. David Bowie? Yes, yes. You could buy a share in David Bowie. I actually bought a share in David Bowie at mm, one point. Yeah. That's like owning a star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know how you can buy it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why yeah. I tweeted that day. I said, uh, I said, billions of years ago, I'm going to have to paraphrase what I wrote, billions of years ago, a star exploded, and, and part of that star became David Bowie. Mm-hmm. I wonder who else that star has made. It gives us hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that, in a nutshell, is one of the main impacts on culture, world culture, is the hope that Bowie's work brings. At the end of it all, at the end of all the glitter, when all the glitter's washed off and all the costumes are hung up. Can you ever really wash off all the glitter? No, no, it is the the herpes of the craft world. Glitter is the herpes. (laughs) What is that? So when most of the glitter... Most of the glitter's been... No, but when when everything's washed away and all the lights are off and everything's done and, you know, the show's over, there's still that hope. There's still that, that feeling of, I'm okay... Because here's a little, you know, gangly tooth gay kid from Brixton who turned into a supernova. Yeah. 
what can I do? What, 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 what's there out there for me to accomplish? You know, and, and, it, you know, and, and that's not a negative question. It's a positive question. Right. That, that, that there is a horizon to walk toward, that there's, there's a, a place to go, a, a thing to do. You know, I'm doing a podcast. Is it ever going to do anything other than, you know, bring me joy and bring people together like this and mm-hmm. talk about things? And everybody that, who's been on it, has talked about how much they've enjoyed doing it yeah. and wants to come back. And so yeah. here the three of you are all back to here. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing a thing that, that makes me happy and, and, and partially because voices like David Bowie, like Greg Proops, like even like you guys have all said, you know, go and do your thing and do it because mm-hmm. you need to and do it because mm-hmm. you want to and because it's yours. Make it yours and do your thing. And, and you know, as Greg Proops would say, Carpe fucking diem. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know that I was just thinking on the way over here that there was some stuff that uh, I had in my mind to write that I was a little bit afraid of, but I'm, I'm not going to be afraid of it right now. Yeah. I, and, and it's specifically because of this. I kind of went, you know what, no, this is, I got to do this. Yeah. Uh, there's things I need to yeah. get out there. Everybody I know is getting on the typewriter, getting on the computer, mm-hmm. getting on the, getting behind the, back in the recording studio, doing their thing because... Bowie left, mm-hmm. you know, Bowie left the building and now, you know, I, I, this reminds me, life's finite, you gotta go and I mean, do your lovely, thing. that's lovely, but I just, it's like, you, you should be doing that anyway. Oh, you're right, yeah. you're right. Yeah, you and I thought I was, what? I thought I was. Right. And, and, but now I'm going like, no, 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 it's time to take it yet another step again. I mean, my whole thing with We Make Movies and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I was pulled kicking and screaming into making a short film again because I was just so tired of not, having them not be quote unquote successful or well-received or even getting into festivals or yeah. stuff like that. And I, yeah. at the point where I went, screw it, I'm having the greatest success that I've had yeah. to date. And I can't wait to talk to Tara about, yeah. about her work. I just watched her short film. It's outstanding. Yeah. I mean, you're continuing to do stand-up and do mm-hmm. shows, and you're doing great, and you've got Gen Z coming out, and... and you guys are doing your things, and that makes me happy. It's very gratifying. And you're doing your thing, and we're thing. happy to contribute. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everyone. It's Michael. I just wanted to jump in here with a special offer for you, the listeners of the Something Something Experience podcast. Audible.com is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I personally recommend The Smartest Book in the World by former guest and friend of the podcast, Greg Proops. It's a rollicking reference guide to the most essential areas of knowledge in Proops' universe, from the noteworthy names of the ancient world and baseball to the movies you must see and the albums you must hear. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash something2xp. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash something2xp for your free audiobook. If you sign up using that URL, they'll give us a little something in return, and you'll be supporting an independent podcast just like that. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. Everybody introduce yourself. I am the Podmaster General Travis Olgen. <laughs> Welcome, sir. Former podcast guest. I'm Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Oh, it's me, Tara. We just hogged the mic right before you guys all got here. <laughs> I'm Rachel. Rachel. Great. Everybody, and Patrick's over here being quiet. Hey, yes, I'm going to try and be quiet. Quiet, <laughs> Joel. Um, I was talking to Tara about this earlier, and we were talking about last week, about how the, the work really lives on and, and how... The good thing is, exactly. is we're always going to have that 
It's never going to go away. Yeah, the archive is there that you can always yeah. dive back into, yeah. dip into. And fucking A, if Bowie's, like, nine of Bowie's albums aren't on the charts right now. Well, right? You just about how he pre-planned. I don't know if it's true or not. I saw the news yesterday, yeah. but there's, like, an album, like, every year for the next few years, like, remasters, yeah. and it might be new tracks also. Yeah, yeah. He he left us stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which is way cool. He was busy. Nobody ever did such a a, a busy job of dying than right. David Bowie. <laughs> Yet managed to keep it secret the whole Fuck, time. Which is I know, remarkable. especially in this day and age, being able to like no. Yeah. And I mean, a credit to like the close peep inner circle around him too, because I mean, they're the ones that yeah. really. Make, it's fine for him to make sure nobody knows, but for ever, like the few people around to make sure and respect his wishes and the people working in the studios with him and everything working on all these projects because they had to have had some idea I oh, would yeah. think yeah, yeah kudos to everyone everyone around him who, who kept it under wraps so he didn't get like stalked by the media yeah like, oh yeah, yeah. Do uh, Greg Proops just re-released uh, he doesn't do this often but he just re-released an old episode from two years ago uh, in which he interviewed Tony Visconti live on mm. stage, and it was the only time he's ever really had a guest on the podcast, um, and had Tony Visconti on, and they talked about Bowie and a lot of stuff, and about this was right before the next day came out, and um, the whole thing of him releasing it on his birthday in yeah. January again, and, and and talking about the secrecy of some people where I was like, hey, was that Bowie? I just saw going into that building. It's like, well, yeah. Well, what? What? Why is he there? I don't know, and and just having to Mm -hmm. completely keep this under wraps, because remember what a surprise the next day was, because nobody knew he was even working on an album, and for basically two years, he was working on that writing, and working, and working with Visconti, and and all the other people, all the jazz musicians and other people that were on that album, and, and... and then, boom, it just dropped right on his birthday. And we were all just like, wait, what? A new Bowie album? No one, heard, this, yeah. Nobody's even talked about this. And, again, that whole mastery of self, mastery of one's art, and, and being able to completely, totally control what he did and do exactly what he wanted to do the way he wanted to do it. Oh, yeah, on his own terms. And how what a, what a great album that was, too. And how yeah. great is Black Star? Just yeah. fucking... It's gut-wrenching. Yeah. It's... Uh... But well, I wonder if it would be like, I mean, because obviously with the timing of it all was planned and everything, and it's way more gut-wrenching now to, like, hear it after everything has happened, but I wonder how it would have affected everybody, you know, beforehand and, like, start to raise suspicions, like, you know, is, is he going away? Is, you know, is something, is he sick? I didn't pick up on any of that. I thought it was just... Yeah, because I didn't hear it until afterwards. I thought so it I was no just idea. Bowie. And, I mean, I heard Blackstar and I heard I heard Lazarus, but then it wasn't until... And I kicked myself for not having bought the album, you know, actually down, paid for it and downloaded it until uh, two days. It took me two days to download it after he died that just listening and going, well, Jesus Christ, yeah, right. duh. Yeah, if you have any emotion <laughs> for the man, your heart's just ripping out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just say I'm first of all just so delighted to have found a group of Oh, fans. sure. Like I have barely, I don't have friends who are Bowie fans. So well, you like do now. I've been grieving by myself, and it's yeah. amazing. Friends do you have, woman? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she has delightful friends because I'm friends with some of her friends now. That's, that conversation we were just having about meeting new people and, uh-huh. and kind of expanding the circle of friends and meeting these wonderful new, making these wonderful new connections, and yeah. and uh, we met at a, 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 a at a, somebody's house for drinks on Friday night before Danny and I went out to the clubs, and so so well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. It's great to have yet. I, I always. Anybody who wants to sit and seriously talk about Bowie is fine by me. So, yeah, glad you're here. Awesome. I actually, I went to the Labyrinth screening last night. Yeah. Uh, at Vista Theater. Uh-huh. How was it? It was fun. Yeah. Um, it was packed. Uh, it was yeah. sold out by the time I yeah. stumbled yeah, yeah. upon it. 
They did at I the beginning, to like, a howl. Like, they were basically, like, as loud as you can, like, scream for Bowie, like, before they did the movie. Uh, and it was, like, I don't know, for me, it was, like, can you hear me, you know? And so to, to do that with, like, a whole auditorium full of people for, for Bowie was kind of awesome. That's awesome. You know? Was there a lot of cosplay, too? There wasn't a ton. They no? had, like, a little costume contest. Uh yeah, somebody really flexible at one, won one of the awards. Um, a few people dressed up as Bowie. Uh, somebody had the the worm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like super out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's still happening at Cinefam by next weekend. Saturday night, I think, sold out. But Sunday night, I was thinking about going. There's still tickets. Yeah. Yeah, and they're showing the the Man Fell to Earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going uh, Friday. At midnight for the hunger, and then I'm going uh, on Monday for the hunger. Yeah, back to back. Uh, that was Merry my Christmas. favorite movie of all time Mr. until Mulholland Drive came out. <laughs> yeah. But Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, yeah. and the Man Who Fell to Earth. Fantastic. I just watched a clip of Bowie uh, talking about Labyrinth while it was being filmed. Like he's in like rock star mode with somebody, uh-huh. like on a couch, uh-huh. and you know. He's being interviewed, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this children's movie, you know? I love all the little clips of everything that's been coming out about everything, but I've been taking a special delight in uh, all the Labyrinth stuff that's been coming out, and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. I love that mm-hmm. whole, the whole clip with the costumer from that of, like, of course Bowie's package was intentional. <laughs> of course he's supposed to be there... As this male authority figure who's also attracted to this teenage girl right. thing, it's like it all incorporated into the whole fantasy, you know. And that's a that's a part of female teenage Americana is fantasizing about older rock stars, and and then that that kind of is incorporated into the story, and maybe even a slightly creepy way. But but it's Bowie, so we forget. Oh him. come on! Yeah. I mean, that was like the first sex dream I ever had was about Bowie when I was a teenager. <laughs> Completely normal. You have no idea how many women I've heard say exactly See? the same See, thing. I thought you were going to say you have no idea that. it was mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> and you were there. And then Hoggle comes out of nowhere. And you were holding the neck of the stuffed goose. <laughs> I really loved him in uh, The Prestige. Mm. That, mm. gosh, um, where he's playing Tesla. Yeah. Mm. That is that scene where he walks across and yeah, exactly. He's just so mesmerizing, completely. I love it. But yeah, Labyrinth was my like my dad always like played me Bowie stuff, and that's my like real connection on how I got started. But uh, Labyrinth was my first time like putting the visual to the guy. I mean, because sure. it's obviously pre-internet sure. and everything. Sure, and that and I was already a huge Muppets fan. Basically, oh, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I started I, as a Muppets fan. Yeah, exactly. And then to see it all come to life, and then I remember. Loving it, and then, like, it escaping my mind forever, and like I said, this is no internet to Google. What was that movie? There was that big beast guy, and the the awesome dude, David Bowie, like, takes the baby, and then finally, yeah, and then finally finding it years later, and just like, oh, yes, and this movie holds up, the songs are fantastic, I love all the puppetry, David is fantastic through the whole thing. Did you see, Toby did a rehash of (laughs) Dance Magic Dance in a music video, yeah, the kid who played the baby in the movie. Uh-huh. No, I didn't know this. Did a, a made a new video of Dance Magic Dance as an adult now. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, and he makes God. all the gurgle noises. Yes, <laughs> yes, he's doing all the coos and gurgles that sounds stuff. It is, but it's glorious at the same time. Right? It's like when you see the kid on the Nevermind album and he's like holding it and it's like now it's like twenty five years later. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. You're a baby. You always were a baby. Don't worry about it. 
It's bigger now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I was underwater. What do you right? want from my life? Shrinkage. It's shrinkage. <laughs> It was interesting. I was reading uh, that apparently Jim Henson, apparently Labyrinth was a box office failure. Apparently Jim Henson was very, like, upset, like, you know, really affected Mm -hmm. his feelings about his own career because he thought it was, it had been a failure. It's just so interesting because I think, like, here we are so many years later and, like, I feel like it influenced my life so much. Mm -hmm. But, like, I had to kind of grow up before I could, like, get a voice to talk about that. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? Like, mm -hmm, there's, like, mm -hmm. a 15-year delay on a movie for things like that, you know? Sure, sure, sure. And I just feel like all these people, you know, have that with this movie. You bet. Yeah. What I'm interested in seeing is when the new Twin Peaks movie comes out. (gasps) Yes. They are completely tight-lipped about that. I've actually met uh, some cast members from that who say, yeah, we can't say anything about it, but you probably know more than we do. Right. Because they're just not (laughs) saying anything. I really want to find out what the deal was with the Bowie character from uh, Firewalk with Me. Mm-hmm. Actually, you can find out now. Oh, really? If you watch the Blu-ray mm-hmm. of Twin Peaks that was released last year, which I oh, bought it sight unseen, all the Philip Jeffries scenes are thrown back in. All uh, the stuff that was cut from Firewalk with Me nice. is thrown back in. It's glorious. It's mm. fucking glorious. It's 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 just like it's. Oh, I just sat and I watched it over those scenes. It's like there's a good half hour of Bowie stuff oh, I had no that idea. was cut out of because wow. he's only in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah forty five seconds a minute, and mm-hmm. and it's all cut to snippets and everything. Mm-hmm. All of those whole scenes are back in the deleted scenes. Mm -hmm. And the stuff of where he came from, where he went, why he disappeared, why he just showed up in the elevator, and all that kind of teleportation stuff that was was, happening. He was used for his mystique, I think. Yes, absolutely. Yes. When I saw, when my my first wife and I went in the theater watching Firewalk with me, 94, I think... um, and I saw David Bowie. I was just like, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. And and then we saw him. We were just like, ah! And look at him. He's in a Hawaiian shirt. Fuck! You know? And, it, <laughs> and it's so great. You know? I found something! <laughs> and we're not going to talk about Judy. We're not going to talk about Judy at all. You keep her out of this. Philip! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shut up soon. But did you uh, see no. my Facebook posting this morning? Which one? The one... Um, of the uh, oh, the, the life mask from The Hunger, oh, which I saw this morning. Here it is. This morning, I'm at my friend's house. She's in scenic design, and I just mentioned Bowie. And she goes, well, you'll appreciate this. She goes to her closet, and she pulls this out. And That's it is the, a, so they could do a the cast, makeup. Uh, yeah, a cast so can, of Dick Smith's yeah. life mask from The Hunger. And I saw it earlier. Oh my god! And I'm 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 trying to get the best picture, oh, and I'm I got it on the marble uh, kitchen table, and I'm touching it, and I'm going like <laughs> right. I feel you know like I'm. So you're actually worthy. there. You took this photo this you, morning. That, fuck me. That was this morning. That's and awesome. she said that the guy who had them, a friend of Dick Smith's, had several of them and just gave them away a few months ago. Oh, my God. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, this is like a priceless thing. This is but you know what? I'm glad he gave them away yes. before right? instead of try, somebody trying to sell them after. Right, exactly. I'm sure he's he gave not. it away when <laughs> it was just well, a gift to a friend. And it's like, now I got to see it this morning. So that was very cool. That's beautiful. That's some of Dick Smith's best makeup. Because... You go back and watch The Hunger. Like I actually have 
haven't done that in a long time. I'm like gonna, you I'm do. Going to it it holds up. It holds up. And it's better than the book. <laughs> the movie that gave us Bela Lugosi's Dead also. Or had that already been around? No, that was around. That was this around? was 82. Okay, yeah. Bela Lugosi's Dead came out in 79. Oh, really? But this was yeah. them, you know, performing. And yeah. what a fucking genius move on Tony Scott's part to get yeah. Bauhaus, mm-hmm. the children of Bowie, mm-hmm. fucking... Peter Murphy is, is Bowie's Jesus. I mean, if, if Bowie is God, and Bowie is God, and anybody says different can fucking leave... <laughs> Then Peter Murphy is at least one Jesai of the of the many that are that you know that that came from that sprung forth from the the hand of Bowie. But I remember that yeah. Jesai. I would say Brian Malko probably fits that bill too. Another son of of Bowie. That in that regard, Why, go back and watch. Without you, I'm nothing, and prepare to cry. The hunger. Watch <laughs> X Files fans. Watch the hunger. Watch the the makeup, the aging makeup that they put on Bowie. On John yeah. as he ages, he looks like the well-dressed man from twi- from X Files. Oh, really? Almost identical to nice. that actor. It was weird. Mm. It's like, did they actually have another actor? Because he's so different. When he first starts aging in the hospital, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. But then later, <clears throat> and he's I just. I remember thinking that it's been years since I've watched it. But almost looks like a different that, actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Because he barely opens his mouth, so you don't see his teeth and stuff and everything. But then you, there's that one scene where Alice comes to visit, and they're getting ready to play together or whatever. She's going to play the lilac trio for him. And then he... I'm a total hunger geek. Um, <laughs> and he has that moment where he's like, you know, he's like... Salivate, so he's like wiping his mouth with the handkerchief, and then he turns to the camera and just does this almost like soul yawn for a second and that look and it's like oh my god it looks like and then later years later you know 15 years later we see the well-dressed man on the x-files and i'm like whoa <laughs> it looks like a different actor huh that was the genius of dick smith so thank you for bringing that's really sure. cool patrick yeah, and, uh, cool. i my film jess and laura is in the hollywood real independent film fest and it's just been announced that they're going to be doing a last minute bowie tribute Yay. as part of the oh, proceedings very cool i'm really it would be so great if if Duncan Jones is there. That would be cool. Um, that would I don't be, know. If he's up to it, tremendous. boy, would that be yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last time, uh, when I we had a round table, we talked to, about certain experiences, certain memories, things that stick out, things that, even before he died, stuck out for you, just as general life stuff. So if you guys want to go around the room talk. Uh, just to throw out a quick one, uh, my dad actually, he's a big Harley guy and stuff, and uh, his one of his bikes is named Ziggy, specifically because the paint job on it, the paint is named Stardust. So he's like, oh, okay, well then, boom, Ziggy, there we go. And he's the one who always kind of got me into it. I mean, I'm I'm definitely nowhere near the diehards that I'm sitting with you guys around today. I feel a little inferior on this one, but uh, at the same time, you know, uh, my dad introduced me. I grew up to it. You know, um, I love Bowie. It was a great part of growing up and musical experience for me. And I'm happier that not only did I get to enjoy him, but we were here on this planet at the same time as him. And it's not just, you know, some old rock star that I looked up because I'm into old school music. It's actually was in my life, like I said, growing <laughs> oh, up yeah. with Labyrinth oh, yeah. and, you know, a uh, bunch of movies beyond. And I'm, I'm just glad I was on the planet at the same time as him. Oh, yeah. And for me, honestly, if you couldn't tell by listening to me or hear my uh, podcast, The Guarcast, I am a massive Guar fan. Uh, I feel the same way you guys do right now when Dave Brocky passed mm-hmm, away a few mm-hmm, years ago. Mm-hmm. And 
but I am full in acknowledgement that without Bowie, there is no Guar. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll say it. I'll say it. I mean, he was the one who started this performance art. I mean, without him, there's no Alice Cooper. There's no yeah. Kiss. Oh, yeah. Marilyn Manson, yeah, yeah, Guar, yeah, anybody yeah, you want to yeah. say. He is the man who started it all and changed rock and roll forever. No, so. no glam rock, no, pu- no exactly. punk, no post-punk, no goth, and then no... Hair metal, no, uh, you know, blah blah blah. Basically, black the history metal, of music metal, since then. Yes. Right, right, right. Drink the shot of whiskey to that. Yeah, I agree. Yes, well, I guess yes. I'll finish it off then. <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah, everyone should go back and watch Sound and Vision, the documentary. Yeah. It's on YouTube, and I was actually watching some this morning. But yeah, it's up there. Fantastic. Up. But yeah, you know, I've known Travis for twenty years. Shit, has it been that long? Twelve years old. Damn. Too. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's <laughs> there it is. I was really happy for the for the connection there. By the way, well, yeah. So, as soon as you told so me much. about this was happening, yeah, I was like, so much. Because I know like someone that anybody from any. Wa- who I woke does- up to your message the next morning. Like you're one of the first people that got a hold of me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I went. You know, I'm sure it might be hard to remember. I went through a lot of the phase. Yeah. Oh yes. Like, I remember. <laughs> or I made everyone watch it like every day. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as I heard this was going on, and I was like, sure, I'd be happy to help out. You know, like I said, I don't have a whole bunch of knowledge, but I'm ha- always happy to talk, especially on a podcast with anybody with like uh, similar likes. And yeah, I thought of Shannon instantly, and was like, there was two people that I thought of when I heard the D- Bowie died: you, Michael, and Shannon. Yeah. And I'm just happy. To, I was uh, one of those people, people who was the first person they thought of, and, and yeah. it, it, it was. It sounds horrible and conceited, whatever. But to have that 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 somewhat of a silver thread of a connection to. The great, the greatness of, of of Bowie, just on even some kind of level, is it's it's very touching and it's very. It, it makes me feel like I did my job as a, as an Uber fan of right. putting out that thing of hey this this, this man, is my guy this is my guy praise him needs to be worshipped yeah this like is, I said uh, when Dave heart. Rocky passed away I I found out you know as I woke up and was destroyed I'm sure the same way you were mm-hmm. and yeah all I did was just get a slew of people that thought of me the second they heard of it like mm-hmm. they would never think to you know thank Guar or anything but they want to make sure that I'm okay yeah. just like dude are you alright I was like yeah. no I'm I'm kind of not yeah yeah I was gutted I was fucked up I mean I, I was working from home or that or I was getting ready to get up and go to work that morning um, I hadn't started working from home yet at my job and I I got up, I usually get up at four, and I saw a text from right after I went to sleep the night before, and a bunch of, like, crying yeah. faces, emoticons, and my friend sent me this text, I'm like, what's going on? And then I got on Facebook. Wait, so did you mm. find out on Sunday then, or Monday morning? I found out on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I went so, to bed at 11, in the, the, or yeah, like 10.30. I, I started 30. getting the text around, like, 10, I got, yeah. like, two or three at the same time, like, going, oh, oh my god, Bowie, did you hear it? I was like, wait, what? And then I got mad, because... People were sending me these, and like, what are you talking about? Oh, like, yeah, I know you like, went off on one dude, uh, yeah. for s- specifically, yeah. I didn't hear about it until Monday morning. I was, I got up at four, like I always do for work, and I just sat and cried for an hour. I couldn't even start getting ready. I couldn't hop in the shower. I'm just, like, posting stuff on, you know, putting sad face emoticons yeah. on people's posts, and just... Just sat and bawled for an hour, and then I finally got up and got. And I was late to work. I was like, I don't fucking care. I, I, I did. I, I did nothing Monday. that day. Actually, an eerie nothing. coincidence. Uh, uh, my daughter is only two, and she usually sleeps through the night. Uh, but that night that it happened. Uh, she woke up right around that time and started crying. My wife goes and tends to her and everything. And so I start looking at my phone and that's when I saw it all start coming through and realize, oh, wow, it's actually happened. And then when she came back in, I was like, I know why Ruby was crying. It's like Bowie just passed away. She's like, oh, really? You know, and it was just, it was that weird, eerie time. Mm-hmm. So See, yeah, two years old, she took the heartbreak. It was 
weird for me too, and I I don't know. I haven't said anything because I thought it sounded stupid. I was at Disneyland that day, and I was driving home, and I don't ever fall asleep like when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. I was wired. I'm usually wired, and I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was actually slapping myself in the face to stay awake on the 118 to get home, and I got home a little bit after 10. But I was like, I almost pulled over on the freeway and called someone because I, I mean, I was like, I thought I was going to crash. I kept actually going over the lines and I could yeah. not stay awake. Yeah. And it was just weird. And then I just was up all night, like crying. I found out like 20 minutes later. Wow. And I don't actually know what the actual time of death was for him. Yeah. But it was just weird because that never happens to me. I'm always driving right. like all hours of the night. Just sub- somehow subconsciously you knew something, something was wrong something. with the universe. Yeah. And off. Like, I mean, I was slapping myself, like, as hard as I could to stay awake. Like, it was just weird. I found out on Twitter. I had a friend over that night. It was Sunday night. And we were just drinking a ton of wine. And right after they left, I um, popped on Twitter. And they had just announced it, like, 20 minutes prior or something. So it popped up in my feed. And I was like, wait, What? And then I saw uh, Duncan Jones's post. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry to confirm that it's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And just immediately ran and was, yeah, I don't know, looking at the news articles. And I just called my friend who just left and w- was telling her. And uh, I don't know. It was just like, you have this really fun evening and then just randomly see it and you didn't even know it was coming. I mean, I mean my first thought was that there had to have been some sort of accident, you know, because it's not like any of us... Yeah, nobody knew. Coming, nobody knew we yeah. had cancer. Nobody... Right, knew. so... I think I just sat there in shock. I didn't cry right away. I did eventually, but I was in so much of shock when I first heard. And immediately, I had just deactivated my Facebook account like a couple of days prior because I was going through. Oh, so you're one of the smart people in life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm this when I got here earlier. I was though the whole like I have a love hate relationship with Facebook. And yeah. I was getting all snitty about it, and um, I was like, "Well, this is gonna because I gotta go on Facebook now." So right. I went on, you know, posted like twenty thousand videos, and just yeah. just, just sitting there like in. in shock and thinking about like what you were saying how many pivotal moments of my life like I can place a song with or something or songs sure. remind me of certain things sure and then I couldn't really sleep I mean I went to bed but I couldn't really sleep I was up so freaking late and the next day you know as everyone else who's not a night owl like me is waking up and getting the news I was getting all the texts and mm-hmm. stuff people going I thought of you mm-hmm. and I got a text from my brother in particular that just made me burst into tears you know my brother sent me this really cool text just saying, I know what a fan you are and what a hard day this must be. And you turned me on to him. You, I'm a fan of his because of you. And, and I don't know why. That text just, like, set me off. I started crying my ass off about that. But it is a weird thing. I can count on one hand the amount of, like, celebrities who their deaths have made me cry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, yeah. it's always... It, it's a weird thing when it's somebody you didn't know personally, but their work just touched your soul like that. Yeah. You know? Jim Henson was the first one for me. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny, though, is I every time I think about Jim Henson dying, I think about the Family Guy joke. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jim Henson had a wait till tomorrow, you know, wait and see attitude, and now we have wrong-sounding <laughs> Muppets. And then you got Kermit and the Swedish Chef. Yeah. Hey, Swedish Chef, how's yeah. it going? Oh, <laughs> oh hi, Kermit. Yeah, I just yeah, do it together great. something to eat, you know, it's like what I do and stuff. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, speaking of Family Guy, can we talk about how awesome it was when they had the entire dance in the street music Oh, what? yes. <laughs> like, all right, look, guys, yes. we're four minutes short on this episode. What do we do? <laughs> almost one third of their Oh, absolutely. Oh, McFarlane, man. Oh, my God. No, that was brilliant. And I mean, 
and no disrespect to anyone, but I mean that is the gayest thing I you've ever it. seen. Oh in your yeah! Life. But, yeah. God, you, it's so you, good. As an adult, you watch Dancing in the Streets. Like, of course they fucked. Of, of course, course they did. Of course, it's like, mm. oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. Mm. Whoa, I love you. And those I had you in the sheets last night. It's like, oh my god. When I finally had that on videotape, <laughs> I had to, I had to stop and pause and rewind every moment where Jagger bumps. Bowie and he turns around and sneers at him over his shoulder like this it's like darling we're on camera face. now darling <laughs> it's actually a really great like just one of those BuzzFeed articles but it breaks down the video like every like 10 seconds it stops and it's like see what's happening here <laughs> so you see, <laughs> see? Like, and they they're almost that, tip to tip they shot that in the, the amount of time it takes for you to watch it yeah. I mean, it was shot oh, yeah. very quick it shot oh, like the it. afternoon just, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Each other. Like, oh yeah. sure amazing. oh sure <laughs> it's like, I'm the gonna best, be the gayest the best one is though them back to back and the camera just uh-huh. circling or that the, <laughs> yes. the the crane shot around them going around them and they're just like you know you know snapping and flailing their arms and so when they like God. look at each other like so face to they're face. like they're like fuck they're muppets like, up there just like you know hey, <laughs> fuck like muppets <laughs> yeah i said fuck muppets <laughs> no i'm gonna throw that into my daily lexicon <laughs> fuck muppets it's googleable that's right that's right I fuck, Dave Bowie, even at the height of his game. fuck yeah <laughs> hey i'm not oh, gonna even, say no to the, I mean, even old it's I like the whiskey i mean you put it in front of me i'm not gonna I say said no if bowie shows up at the door i'm i'm bye you know yeah yeah. yeah. There's plenty of Bowie to go around. I did hear uh, one great story while all these memoriams are going around, and I don't have all the details or anything, but I guess uh, he was playing with like an older like uh, reggae crew, and there was one particularly uh, old like trombone player, and David Bowie came to the room before the gig. He's like, hey guys, you know, just making sure everything's okay. The guy's like, you know what? There's no fucking red stripe in here. What the hell is that about? I asked for red stripe. There's no red stripe. David Bowie's like, Okay, and just walks out the door, and everybody starts screaming at him like the, the rest of the band. Wrong with you? That, that was David Bowie. Yeah, he was writing the check. Yeah, and I mean, this guy's like in his seventies, eighties. He has no concept of who David Bowie is. I think this is like eighties, nineties or so. And then, but while ever, the band is berating him, Bowie's out there gathering up a shit ton of ice cold uh, red stripes, <laughs> and then brings them back in, and like, here you go, making sure that you're okay. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was just yeah. delightful, though. Too, yeah. yeah. Rachel, story, anything? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I uh, I think I got into David Bowie through Labyrinth. Uh, you know, like, it was sort of this mysterious movie that has so much, you know, psychological subtext going on that I'm still trying to parse it out today. Right. Oh, sure. You know, but... Uh, we'll never unravel the mystery of Labyrinth. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I just got... I think I just... I just really like David Bowie. I think I just thought he was really hot, basically. And, um, same. That stupid girl, why wouldn't she want to live with the Goblin King? Right? What's wrong with her? I've said if I ever get married, I've, I'm including the just fear me, love me, do as I say, and I'll be your slave. That's gonna be part of my vows. Nice, nice. nice. Man, fuck that baby. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, do you want this? So, I, you know, I think I just was a, you know, I, I probably collected like photos or something, you know, sort of like the early age of the popular internet. This is like the late 90s, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I had a home computer you so bet. I could download pictures of him and read articles <laughs> about him. An hour and a half know. later. Uh, <laughs> So I amassed my own little collection of photos just because that was the person I was. I wanted, like, a copy of it all. And so when I got into college, um, my roommate actually was taking a computer science class, and they had to take – they were learning HTML, and she showed me a little bit. And uh, 
And so I was like, what am I going to build? Well, I'll build a Bowie fan site. No, nice. there you go. What can I do to make people come to my, you know, come to my website? You bet. So I built a fan site and uh, I kept it up for a few years. People, uh, people would email me or, you know, ask, que- like just I'd correspond with Bowie fans basically. And I was really, I was like, I was like a freshman or sophomore in college. Like I was really young. Like I read some of the things I wrote. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, I kept it up for a while and I, 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 you know, I put some articles up there for magazines and just stuff to, to share with other fans basically. And kind of the highlight of that period was, um, I, there was, I was living in Boston and there was a radio contest. Uh, you could attend like a concert with Reeves Gabrels and David Bowie, wow. just like 40 people or so wow. acoustic set. Um, and they were going to broadcast it on the radio and they were doing it a, like the contest was like send in what questions you would ask Bowie and we're going to pick the ones we like and you know so I was one of the winners I got to bring I got to bring somebody I brought wow. this guy Leonard who was uh, in the, who was a grad student in the, in the math department and he gave me free server space for the Bowie so I took Lennon and I went to uh, to this little screening and uh, it was Really cool. It was it was the size of this room, basically. You know, maybe a tiny bit larger. Oh my god! And, nice. and Bowie was, and Gabrels were just sitting up on a little platform oh like that. Oh my god! Uh-huh. And um, and uh, the question that they picked of mine that they want you know me to ask was you know what was your favorite song of one of yours that uh, was covered by another artist? So he he said uh, you know he, he sort of said he was honored that that uh, Kurt Cobain had had covered Man Who Sold the World. <laughs> Yeah. And he, yes. he kind of made a reference. It was Let's Dance was being s- sampled <clears throat> in Puff Daddy in a Puff Daddy song. Sure, sure. And so he kind of was like, "Oh, that's kind of fun too," you know, like kind of whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so so he, and then and he also he said my name. He said hi, Rachel. Oh, I'm not going to tell, tell you the accent, but I like had a, like a recording nice. of it. Nice. Clip the hi, 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 Rachel. Mom, Moisten. But but yeah, that was sort of my boy fandom, and I and I really I kind of got into the music backwards. You know, I started. I was like, now I have to make myself like his music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah, so his music, I was sort of like, I'm just gonna going like, listen to his it. records and and uh, you know and and make myself like this music because I like him so much. <laughs> yeah. and I have to like his music, so I would listen. I got the best of Bowie, you know, the two CD set, and I just listened to it. Like, it took me a while. Like, I didn't really like his music at first. <laughs> I like, uh, but I, I just kind of kept listening to it over and over again, and then I developed, like, a, you know, preference, and I got really into that sort of, like, the width of a circle kind of era songs and that kind of trippy 70s yeah. stuff. And, and, and yeah, it just, it's totally rant. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, no, that's great. It's one of those things story. that instantly clicks. Yeah. 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 I got into Bowie... I mean, I'd always heard the 70s stuff on the radio, on classic rock and yeah. radio and stuff in the 70s. And so I heard little snippets here and there, specifically like, um, uh, you know, Ashes to Ashes and things like that. And I saw, but my first real exposure to Bowie was 79. I was watching, I, my parents used to let me stay up and watch the SNL. And I was watching in October the Martin Sheen episode with Bowie and Klaus Nomi, and they played three times. And that was never done in the 70s, where the musical artists would play three sets. Yeah. And they played three sets, and especially that obscene little puppet during Boys Keep Swinging. Um, But that was my first, like, wow, you know, and the impact wasn't there yet. But then once I was in junior high, 
and MTV started becoming a thing, and Bowie went right in. I mean, he had already been making music videos, he'd, you know, uh, up to that point, Ashes to Ashes, and then, of course, there's a video for um, for uh, Space Oddity and for other things too. So, and all the Ziggy Stardust concert footage and all that. But then the Let's Dance album, where he was just stepping right into the limelight of. I'm going to embrace music video culture. He was on one of the MTV, I want my MTV bumpers. You know, he just walked right into that and just just stepped right into it. And boom, this is part of what I'm doing now. And incorporated that whole music video culture into his art. Well, it's the perfect, like, outlet exactly. for him. I exactly. Mean, and he's that, been doing it on stage forever, and now he gets to put it out to everybody just on television? That was when I first really took notice. And then Peter Schilling came out with uh, Major Tom coming home, and mm-hmm. my math teacher at the time told me that it was a throwback to Space Oddity and mm-hmm. went back and he played that for us. And then it was like, oh, it's bu- oh whoa, that's the Let's Dance guy, same guy, because... I couldn't believe it was the same sure, guy. Right? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, because yeah, all the Let's yeah, Dance night stuff, and day right there. very yeah. 80s, very you know glitzy, very very slickly produced, all that, whereas the earlier, a lot of the earlier stuff, obviously, other than the Eno stuff, was a, a little more lo-fi, a little more folky, rocky, you know, mm-hmm. garage rocky-ish <clears> stuff, and, and the glam rock thing. And by the 80s, glam rock meant an entirely different thing. Yeah. And um, that's when I really, when my awareness kind of raised. And that's right around the time. I did, we didn't have MTV. But there was a music video show in Denver called Teletoons. It was on one of the public TV stations. And we were always watching Teletoons on the weekends. And that's when all the started seeing all the Bowie videos. And then, mid-80s, you got your Jagger, you got your Tina Turner, you got, you know, all this collaboration starts happening. You know, obviously there was Lou Reed and, and Iggy Pop and all that in the 70s. But then this re—I mean, people see keeps using the term reinvention, but really, this evolution, this constant artistic shift of paradigm, happening over and over and over again, and yeah, because shit, Bowie reinvented himself like what at least eight, nine times, and it's Every probably going to steep. Yeah, exactly. Going like, to keep on going even now. Because why the fuck not? Album is going to be just a new. Style. I mean, the Beastie Boys were trying to yeah. do it as well. You yes. know what I mean? And I think if you're really an artist, you're not you're not going to be satisfied rehashing the same old, same old. You exactly. Want to do new, you want to explore new territory, new ground, and see. And you, you grow. You grow as an artist. Like you were saying, it's an evolution. Yeah. Not yeah. meaning anything's better than the rest, but rather it's just, this is who I am now. A shift, a true yeah. paradigm shift. I mean, think about it. Are you the same person you were when you were like 16? No. no. Or like 25? Thank Christ, no. Know? Exactly. Thank <laughs> Bowie. <laughs> you were just like a mess back then, or maybe you were. Or maybe yeah. you're a mess now, but you're just different. Yeah, I'll take both, but in a different mess. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you were saying about like the whole... And TV things. I'm listening to you guys talk. Going, man, when did I first get into Bowie? I want to think Labyrinth, but I'm like, no, there was before that. There was something yeah. before because that. Because I remember Labyrinth being so shocked seeing him with the hair. Yeah, that know? was the first time I like put like the face to it and stuff. But yeah, like, like I was like, saying, oh, my dad like so awesome bring me up with hair because I was one of those you know metalhead teenage girls that like like boys with long hair. But prior, to, <laughs> but I realized no, it was prior to that. It was the whole MTV. MTV is, yeah. is how I discovered mm-hmm. David Bowie, and when it was during the '80s and the yeah. dance phase, which yeah. granted, and you have all these acts. Alongside of him, that are the direct result of his oh, work. Yeah, exactly. Duran Duran, all exactly. the entire neo romantic movement, uh, the goth bands, the the you know the new wave bands, all of that. I mean, but it was after Labyrinth that I finally went out and bought an album. Of yes, his, yes. And it wasn't his current stuff. It yeah, Let's Dance. Let's Dance was the first. I bought tape an I bought. album where he had long hair. Yeah, 
I bought Hunky Dory. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. I immediately was turned on to all that whole era, Hunky Dory, sure, Ziggy sure, Stardust, sure. Aladdin Sane, and yeah, go, go for it. Man Sold the World. Um, that stuff was just like, oh my god, the well, 70s the f- Bowie is where it's the at. The first time I d- deep dove into 70s Bowie, my friend Michael Newman, hello Michael, he got a cassette collection of all of Bowie's work from Space Oddity all the way through whatever was current, whatever year, 1987, so that would have been through tonight. I guess um, I think it was right before Changes Want Bowie came out or Changes Bowie came out that compilation and I actually have Changes Bowie I think my mom bought me that yeah I have Changes yeah. Bowie that I got from Columbia Music where house or whatever Columbia Music and it's double clear vinyl oh nice yeah, yeah, yeah I totally yeah. had it on cassette speaking of, ch- of changes have you guys seen the little baby onesie for sale that says ch-ch-ch-change me <laughs> no but I want it <laughs> oh I've been seeing all kinds of Bowie, one- Bowie baby onesies everywhere <laughs> little labyrinth yeah. you know Goblin King mm-hmm. outfits and little little thin white dukes and little Ziggy Stardust and stuff yeah it's great you know what's amazing is this guy was making music before most of us were born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we could discover him mm-hmm. so late in the game. Yeah. There's shit, there's people discovering him now. Yeah. You, know? you bet, you but bet. There's, there's people like that. Well, Black Star's the number one album on fucking Billboard. I mean, it right. debuted at number one. It took First me to number one to album. David Bowie, and he was putting out albums <laughs> in the 60s. Fuck yeah. yeah. And, I, yeah. And, and the guy just, like, Appeals to generation after generation <laughs> after generation. Sorry, I was just thinking of the laughing I gnome. Like, I like that idea. Somebody brought up before, like the spiritual aspect of David Bowie, how he connects to so many people in such a deep way. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, it, and it's just so interesting because I want. It, it makes me think. You know, it's like what makes me feel so connected to this person, right? Like it's something important, something in my soul that's important to mm-hmm. me, like resonated with this person that I didn't even know. You bet. And all these other people too. It's like, yeah. what an amazing... Yeah. Well, it's somebody, It's a quote, and I don't remember who said it, but somebody on the internet said, okay, yeah, just another celebrity death? No, because I didn't know them, they didn't know me, but they helped me know myself. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's, that's it right one. there. That David Bowie informed his work... Yeah. And his everything, his art, informs the large stripe down the center of who I am, informs who I am, why. The whole thing of, it's okay to feel like a freak, and it's okay yes. to wave your flag, it's okay to dye your hair, it's okay to wear an eye patch, it's okay to fuck somebody of a different gender, it's okay to cross-dress, it's okay to... Yeah, like boys and makeup. It's okay to yes. like boys in makeup, he said, wearing his midnight blue nail polish. It's okay to, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was you should have seen me on, uh, should have seen me at last Disco Necro. Um, he was going for the weirdos and yes. the cool kids, yes. and then everybody could yes. kind of merge together and realize, oh, we do have something in common. Yeah. Yeah. Push come to shove, we all love David Bowie. Be yourself unapologetically, mm-hmm. and it's okay. I'll drink to that drink every to that. time. I drink to that. Cheers. The way I actually started listening to him because I. I always grew up with him you know he was, just was always there and then I got back into him in 95 with Outside you know and then with That's Outside album and I love the videos I, used, I think you saw I posted last night I was like this is the Bowie I would have married yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I loved um, but I the went Heart's and, Filthy Lesson video yeah, oh. and, uh, Strangers We Meet and, I oh, love that song yes. it's, been in, oh my my God. it's been in my head since he died oh, and I haven't been able to so get it out the uh, song I keep I'm sorry go ahead finish, uh, <laughs> no but um, when, that, when that came out on MTV I went back and I really I had albums and I, w- I really wanted to learn about them 
And I got the biography Loving the Alien. And around the same time, uh, the Museum of Television and Radio was doing a retrospective. Mm-hmm. Um, every weekend, it was... Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it was, um, more, you know, different parts of Bowie. Like, it was like his whole history from yeah, the very yeah. beginning up yeah. until that current point in time. And it was multiple versions of every song he'd released, whether it be a music video Ugh. or a live version of Possible or the alternate, like, UK version of the video. Sure, sure. And so I was actually reading the biography and, you know, doing it, planning it with whatever was upcoming for that weekend at the museum. And I'd sit there for four hours and, you know, watch all these. And then they later released the videos on that uh, multiple DVD release with all of his videos. Yeah, yeah. But that's a good way for anyone who wants to learn about him. Yeah, you know, kind yeah. of just do the biography, start at the beginning, and get that box set of the music videos. Yeah, and you yeah. can you can really watch the changes in front of you. Has everybody here seen Five Years, the documentary? I haven't recorded at home. Oh. I haven't watched. Yeah, it I yet. I had it recorded and my DVR died. I'd I'd seen it already, but I wanted to watch it again. But I it's I lost on, it. It's on Showtime. It's yeah. on demand everywhere right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent, uh, just about the different incarnations he went through during those (laughs) periods. Pushing through the mind. Somebody was just recommending that to me. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's very good. Is is it like a documentary? Yeah, it's uh, it's from 70 to 75, just the different albums. It's five years worth of his from, you know, pretty much from Space Oddity through, I'm guessing, 75 Mm. was... uh, Young Americans, it mm. may even go a little beyond that, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's just a five-year period of all the things he went through, and and interviews with the musicians who were with him during that time. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. I have to ask though, because of all these like people that are putting up like uh, you know uh, different songs and this that, and the other, the song that I love the most because I'm a giant fan of the big horns and everything. Mm. Nobody's talking about modern love. Am I the only guy that oh, likes that? Yeah. Okay. People shit on, on on Let's Dance so much. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. That was, to me, that was Lyrically it's, it's great. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean it's pop and people people tend to the, hear and people the genre pop. of the music and, and overlook the lyrics. And his lyrics were always different. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Okay, several things about that. There was a big paradigm shift between Ziggy and Thin White Duke. And then, you know, uh, the end of Thin White Duke, the, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, Ashes to Ashes, all Mm -hmm. that. But then Let's Dance. That was a big, big dividing wall between old and new. Mm -hmm. Big. Like, new decade, new era. We are in the 80s. We're in here. I am going to do pop music. I am going to make popular shit that makes but yeah exactly stadiums. not pop music popular music popular that's what music. it was, it was yes. a big difference between and, what pop music you think of today i'm going to do it my own way yes that blonde fucking you know looks like a wig that mm-hmm. blonde helmet with the curl <laughs> the big thing about that time period that was so scandalous mtv was playing the china girl video but teletoons was playing the unedited china girl video and there if you watch the extended mm-hmm. cut of that he and i can't and that's I, the kind of stuff that was, I was the media always forget about. the name of the actress something her vietnamese left yeah yeah the, the vietnamese actress in there playing the china girl at the end of that video there's a helicopter flyover they are butt ass naked fucking on a beach <laughs> 
ass moving up and down, in and out. They are fucking well, on Let's get that real. I mean, beach. yeah, if I was working in a music video with David Bowie, I probably would too. I'll take that as my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, right. And the girls, because the, all the girls I went to school with were watched MTV and also watched Teletoons. Because Teletoons was playing stuff you couldn't see on MTV or couldn't see on MTV anymore. Off topic a little bit, does anyone ever remember watching The Snowman when they were little? Watching the, the snowman. snowman. Yeah. <laughs> I love that trailer. Well, no, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what that is. Not, well, not when I was little. Well, no. oh, see, for me, I was little. Bowie introed it. It's it's a silent like yeah. cartoon, and to this day, I own it, but I can't watch it because the cartoon made me cry so bad. Oh, it's yeah. a story about like this. It's all silent, but just music, and the boy makes a snowman, and it's you mm. know, cold out, and then but it, it's like fresh the snowman. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And they have this adventure, but. I remember just being blown away. I was watching the Disney Channel. I've nowhere Bowie's introing the snowman, you know, <laughs> like like as a narrator. Did any have any of no. you seen that? No, he real. did a lot of stuff for children. Yeah, uh, well, he like had the, children. I, I mean, mean early. I mean, he and Angela he Duncan's did. been Duncan was born in sixty nine, sixty eight, I think. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. So I mean, he had children, and uh, I think I don't think he had another child until daughter with Iman. But um, yeah, she narrated 15. Peter and the she's Wolf. She's fifteen now. Peter and the Wolf. Yeah, he did. Oh, that I mean, I have seen. I many think times. what year was the Snowman? Uh, um, it's Google. It was, it was weird because it's the silent, and it, it was like he just kind of introed it. And it I was a bizarre. Little I think because Bowie, from what I remember, needed a little bit of convincing to do Labyrinth because at first he was like, oh, I don't know about this because I mean. Labyrinth, I can see that. Labyrinth was kind of like the episode of the Muppet, the Bowie episode of the Muppet Show. Imagine being, imagine being in the pitch oh, meeting really? for Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. all right, so David Bowie kidnaps his baby, and then he falls in love with a sixteen-year-old girl, right? Well, then you know, they took some convincing, but then he went What's away. That? We heard the shortlist for other people. It was no. him, Michael Jackson, and Mick Jagger. Yeah, Michael oh Jackson and Mick Jagger. Yeah. But, I'm then, glad so, they went with but Bowie. then Bowie went away and wrote a bunch of songs and actually yeah. recorded demos and brought them back, yeah. if I'm correct, yeah, remembering like, correctly. Showed back, process. and then, boom, then the whole thing just went, yeah. and Bowie's influence permeated oh, yeah. the whole project. Yeah. It wasn't just, yeah. we hired him, we're throwing him yeah, in. No, no. he, he became an integrally woven part. Yeah, to think that he didn't have any effect on the script is integrally just crazy. What a great combination of Jim Henson and David Bowie, like, those two different like elements of, of the world. Great weirdos. Like, and Terry yeah. Jones. You know, the whims. Yes. And Terry Jones. And you got Monty Python, too. Yeah. And George Lucas is up in there as yeah, well. Yeah. Well, okay, so I think, I have a theory, I've always had a theory, <laughs> that up until that, Bowie was decidedly a very adult artist. Very adult-oriented artists. Sex, drugs, hookers, blow, trans trans people, etc. Life on the streets, you know, oh, I can do better than that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But as an artist and an evolutionary paradigm shift perspective, doing Labyrinth awakened something inside him that said, okay, I can create art that is accessible for children as yes. well. And it will be just as in, uh, full of integrity and my sensibility as anything else I've ever done. And, and it made it okay. Then Peter and the Wolf happened and something uh, like... The Snowman's 1982. 82. So that's before Labyrinth. Yeah. And yeah, because so, I mean... Those be, children will grow up and do a podcast eulogizing me. Yes. Right? Oh, I mean, li- li- being born in 83, himself. I mean, without David Bowie, it could have just been some old rock star that my dad listens to. But, I, I mean... We, you guys can, can you imagine... David Bowie with the way people look at, like, Neil Diamond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, like, yeah, you know, would, would Rebel, project, Rebel, it's great. Would City, the project have even finished if it had been Jagger? <laughs> yeah. 
to me like how is it like we wouldn't have had dance magic dance we could would not have had with you without you we would have had something else you know imagine michael jackson you were talking about the album outside and that was his first like new album that i obsessed over because he was working again with, oh God, forgive me if I'm getting his name wrong, Mike Garson, is that his name? His piano player, the same piano player who worked with him on all his albums from the 70s. Like the big, you know, intricate, grandiose <laughs> piano stuff that you hear yeah. on like... Yeah, the a piano opening and, to, yeah, yeah, yeah to, and, and to he, Life on Mars and, and all that, yeah. He didn't all during yeah. the 80s pop era, so when yeah. Outside came out, he reteamed with him again, yeah. so it harkened back to that era where the, just the big grand piano again, and first time I heard that album, I just thought I was going to fucking die. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> he, he also, because it's new and modern, but yet it had that weird throwback piano vibe to it. Man, loved it so much. Speaking of album, well, okay, real quick. Back to the MTV thing. How great was it? Bowie in the 1980s on, being interviewed on MTV and, and, and chastising MTV for not oh, playing God. black artists. <laughs> yes. You know? I, yep. I, I, will, I will honestly say that at I've seen heart. it in YouTube videos now because I was like six at the time. At the heart, but <laughs> at the heart of, yes. of a lot of Bowie's work was African, Absolutely. African and soul well, music. That's what I was watching the Sound of Vision this morning a little bit, and he essentially, you know, he was like, I wanted to be, the, you know, Little Richard. Yeah, yeah. 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 Little Richard was example. his greatest yeah, influence. Yes, or Little Richard sax player. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was li- yeah. Little Richard was Bowie's influence, and Little Richard, a uh, uh, bisexual, cross dressing, makeup wearing. Yeah, I mean, Very, I mean, like, yeah. If we want to really start driving back, Richard existed today. Well, like, he does. He does. He's still <laughs> <laughs> with his career. Yeah, he was cut like, the man yeah, short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just happening today. Like yeah. How if he wasn't he just was showing so, up on like Full House episodes. He was controversial for his time, but he really wasn't controversial. No. Think about how far he go. Like now. Well, sure. By the time the seventies rolled around, Little Richard's stuff was old hat. It yeah, was yeah. Like, but yeah. I mean, back in the day, he would be like, "I'm not playing this show because you have segregated balconies." Like, no, everybody needs to be able down yeah. on the dance floor yeah. Yeah. because yeah. you're yeah. seeing yeah. a black artist. Yes, right. we're gonna have my fans down. But on yeah, the floor. Little Richard. I mean, you look at Bowie's <clears throat> top 100 albums list, and Little Richard's in there. Oh, I'm sure. Speaking of uh, of overlooked albums. Black tie, white noise. The Rodney King stuff had just happened in L.A. and from Bowie, Simi Valley, the home of the Rodney King trial. Bowie just got married to Iman yeah, and just that. moved to L.A. and that was just happening. And he's Ooh. like, "What the right. fuck is going on with this planet?" It's like people aren't cool and with this. And he wrote "Black Tie, White Noise," and originally it was "Black Ties, White Noise" because it was supposed to be about the ties to black culture, mm-hmm. but that anytime anybody comes out and tries to talk about black culture, it's just white noise. It's just garbage. It's just... You and I were to have a discussion about it. We're two assholes discussing something we don't know about. Right. Why are we not allowing black culture to have its own voice, basically? Um, But then also the thing that that my intro to that album was Jump They Say, because we played that video on Teletoons. But that album... That's a smooth jazz album. You listen to the everything except for Jump They Say, which is very synth-oriented, kind of a dance track. Everything else on there... And there's cover tunes on there, and it's just this really wonderful, smooth... He brought in all these jazz artists, and it's just... I listen to... I've been going back and listening to the stuff of his I don't listen to over and over and over again, and going back and listening to all of the late 80s through end albums uh, over and over again. I want to revisit Tin Machine. Tin Machine. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. We could go on a... I remember listening to their first album... They only put out two, right? Two. Yeah. two. Yeah. So 
<laughs> I was like 16. Yeah. I had a huge crush on this guy that I was friends with who was also a massive Bowie fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I crushed on simply because he kind of looked like him. But it did the whole, like, he was in band himself and would sing like that and all this bullshit. But I remember us parked in his car out at the beach looking at the waves the night that our local radio station debuted that, the Tim Machine album, the first one, and played the entire Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listening to it in his car. We didn't know what to think of it. Yeah, because it was so like... It was so... Because Bowie was so sick of him being Bowie at doing a a Bowie thing. And, oh, he's going to reinvent himself. It's like... I'm going to do a new project. I'm not even going to put my name on the front of it. Right. I'm going to sing it, mm-hmm. but it's me and Reeves. It's 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 us together. It's a rock-oriented, harder rock sound, yeah. and we're going to do something very, very different. And I want to say the second album was better than the first, but it was not well-received. It was critically panned. Didn't it, buy the did, second one. I bought the first one. But I the second one's good. Baby Universal's my See, favorite Machine I want to go back and revisit song. that stuff. I think older. Baby Universal's. Baby. 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 Baby, so good, so good. You're not selling me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. No, I. Well, I feel like I would listen to all his stuff now. Like the older I got, and then I went back and listened to the, his early, early, early shit before he even really figured out who he was. The David he Jones the stuff, yeah, yeah. or the Tom Jones I'd love stuff. I love you to Tuesday, you know, <laughs> yeah. the album, and there's this yeah. like song on it. Yeah, there's yeah. this little ridiculous song on it. Laughing no. Yeah. yeah. The uh, what is Sid it? The, Barrett influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the yeah, the the yeah. dream of a free festival or whatever it's called. You guys ever hear the song One on Five? Yeah. I knew you had. You yeah. probably heard it too. I bet you guys haven't, though. I've it's got like all that ridiculous. old stuff. It's mm-hmm. this, he's singing from the point of view of a five year old. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's not like his earliest album. Yeah. You know? Laughing right. Gnome. He and he was doing, you talk about, you talk about the outside album and all those weird time. different, uh, different vocal, vocoded voices and stuff that he did. He was doing that stuff with tape loop speeds back in the 60s. Oh, wow. He yeah. was doing, like, Laughing Gnome. Ha ha ha. Yes. And yes. But then, but he was doing Anthony Newley back then. Yeah. The guy who wrote all the music for uh, for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, oh, he wrote, yeah, yeah. He wrote uh, uh, Candyman and all that. Yeah. He was doing Anthony Newley. Go back yeah. and listen to Anthony oh, Newley on YouTube, well, no, and he's I, like, "Oh my god, it sounds like old Bowie." From I would the 60s. actually say, I would actually say that he was doing Ray Davies, and Dude. that both Ray Davies and Anthony Newley. There was early a, Ray Davies. There was a very early club. Ray Davies. Early, early, early Kings. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a bar hall vocalese sort of thing that was London. Uh, that, it was. That it they was were music, both it's music hall. Yeah, yeah, it's music, music hall. hall. Yeah, it's music hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that he was. In, that was his, his influence, though. Mm. Ray Davies is so fucking. That very yeah. Cockney. Um, they make fun of it on the fourth series of Blackadder when they do the whole uh, music hall episode, and and yeah, it's that old body humor, yeah. old sing songs, Cockney guys telling jokes, and Cockney guys talking to each other. It's where all the Pete and Dud, yeah. uh, Dudley Moore and Peter Cook stuff came mm-hmm. from. It's that old music hall sensibility of, of mm-hmm. working class humor, working class sing songs uh, in a public place where you pay you know a quid to get in a door mm-hmm. and and you get entertained all night because your life sucks because you're working in a factory and getting dying a right. black lung you know <laughs> and 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 no and that's what it was and 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 so much of Bowie's early work yeah it was that Anthony Newley Ray Davies you bet all of that very. You know, mid '60s, pre-British invasiony, yeah, folky. I, the stuff that the Birds started off doing, and 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 Sid Barrett, you know, kind yeah, of pre-Floyd, pre-Floyd, and then and then if you look at artists who also came off the back of that, guys like Robin Hitchcock, that was right in the wheelhouse of his influence of that whole exactly. genre, you know, that whole 
slew of artists and he kind of launched off the back of that and and started in folk and then went to alt pop rock and then back into folk again and it's funny because proops and viscani are talking about bowie's early stuff and he's doing anthony newley oh, nice callback dude yeah. that's a pod podcast professional right there right there right there hey he's mentioned me on his podcast i gotta return the oh favorite. i heard i heard <laughs> Yeah. Do you guys have like a favorite Bowie song, or has that like evolved over time? Not like I know impossible. for me, like I, I had yes. for a while I was with the circle, and then and then for some reason, gold, uh, not golden years. Uh, uh, oh my god, now I'm blinking. Um, I think golden years. I think it was golden years. Golden. Was oh yeah, I keep while. going back to golden years. I keep random. there's there's several songs I keep going back to since Bowie died, but oh. I will tell you my all time favorite. No, you know, it was actually it was driving Saturday. Driving my Saturday. Bad. Driving Saturday. You saying that? I, yes, and then, yes. And then now, right after like, I left, you sang that. I still kind of there's all these I ones that I just that I just love, like the, the Lady Lady Gooding Soul, Rock mm-hmm. and Roll Suicide, Lady Stardust. I think Lady Stardust might be my favorite. Come on, I have a thing, I have a thing with Lady Gooding Soul. Like yeah. when I was 21 and I was uh, bartending in a biker bar out here, and I, I'd only lived in Los Angeles for like a year. And um, back east, where I'm from, you can bartend when you're like 18. So I moved out here. I had to wait a year until I could start bartending. The accent's coming out the moment you said I know, I know, I know, I know. We're back to that, we're back to that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the whiskey. It's the whiskey. Um, so the I, Boston's coming out again. In the New Hampshire, too. I got to get this bike apart in Tarzana that doesn't exist anymore. And they had a jukebox, and they had the Aladdin Sane album on it. And I'd never listened to the Aladdin, strangely. I, maybe I had, but I don't know. I was all into Honky Dory and Ziggy Stardust and blah, blah, blah. So, but I would listen to it, and then... I became so obsessed with that album. Oh, my God. When we would close at night, when I would close, because it was a small joint, it would be just me, and once everyone left and I'd lock the doors and then I had to clean and close down the bar, I would pop that Lady Green Soul, I'd put that song on the jukebox with all the speakers lined around the whole joint, and I cranked the fuck out of it. You know, because the piano and just that yeah, echoing. Right. And that she comes, she yes, goes, yeah. and it's like, oh, my God. And then I remember... Uh, you could just dance by yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Put a mop in your hand. Just yes. go to town. The first uh, CD I ever bought at Tower Records down on Sunset. Like, I'd always had cassettes. And when I finally got with the Times and upgraded to CDs, ran in. It was after I had fired from that job. Those fuckers. They fired me. And I <laughs> drove down. I'm like, oh, that's it. You didn't know your boy. I didn't Because I ran down to Tower Records and bought Aladdin Sane. You know, I'm kind of sad that there there isn't even more Bowie musicals out there. Like, if Bowie had written like a full on like musical, oh, right? right? Yeah. Like he's Somebody he tried, and he would, he would, he didn't get he on didn't board. Somebody tried. Yeah. We got Velvet Goldmine with no Bowie material oh, that's right. in it. That's right. They tried. Really Goldmine's pretty Goldmine. great. Really, really that's tried. I really like it. That that movie is fucking perfect. I'm surprised, but that's like supposed to be imitating it. I know. I know. About them. I mean, as opposed to like something like Labyrinth, which is just totally but but but. He didn't even have to be in it or involved. He could have just mm-hmm. given the nod and said, "Yes, you can." Because that m- the original script used Bowie music. Yes, it was, I mean it's called Velvet Goldmine. Fuck's sake, they, really they used it. And then what did we say about what did we say about constraining an artist and forcing them to that's create the problem? Like for for oh, yeah, that's forcing why that stuff them is so good. Forcing them to create, forcing them to innovate, forcing them to recreate. Yep. And that w- what we got was fucking perfect. Maxwell. Demon, they used all. Yes. They weren't going to ever do. On it they weren't going to do Ziggy off. Stardust and all that. Blah blah blah. But they were originally going to use Bowie music in it because it was supposed to basically be a Bowie Iggy yes. Pop story. But instead of being a story about Iggy Pop and David Bowie, what we got was 
what it means to be a fan yes. of David Bowie, yeah. and pop, a yeah. fan yeah. of yeah. glam rock. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's we're we're witnessing this film through the eyes of Christian of Jesus. of, of uh, a Christian Bale's character. Yeah. Yeah. that right there is is what that film is all about. And I think we got a good, a better, you know, a really amazing film out of it. I liked it. Though I like the soundtrack better than the actual movie, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fucking that's any, completely any chance to see any chance to see Ewan McGregor's Wang, yeah. I'm on board. I'm fine with seeing him naked, but man, that song. This is the Wang you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he's the Podmaster General. Oh, I oh that was beautiful. So I my try, favorite Bowie really song, the songs that I keep going back to over and over and over again since Bowie died, obviously Black Star. Black Star, even more than Lazarus. Lady say, Stardust. I have, not, I have not listened to Black Star yet. I like. I have. I, it's like because I understand you guys yet. Yeah. But be, but be, be ready, be ready. That's gonna be yeah. And, 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 and I and I and I will obviously I would never dictate your experience ever, but yeah. I understand. Can we have like a, a Black Star listening party? <laughs> we could. We could. If we had, yeah. I mean, yeah. Periscope that motherfucker, dude. It's fucking great. Everyone wants to see us cry. Yeah. So yeah. But the songs I keep going back to. I I mean, I'll be cheesy as fuck. Like I said, uh, it's Modern Love and Ziggy Stardust for me. Those are the two. Like Ziggy Stardust, like I said, with my dad is the one that got me into everything and uh, made it all happen. Mm -hmm. So Ziggy Stardust and then Modern Love because I love myself some big horns. Yeah. And you throw David Bowie into that. And I've been dancing around with my two year old. We throw on changes as well. And at night when we're going down, <laughs> my dog doing that. Yes, yes. Good old James Franco. Confession. Good old James Franco. Shannon's dog has been dancing around straight with my daughter Ruby. Your dog is fucking adorable, by the yes. way. Uh, I've been cyber stalking you just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just gonna, just gonna throw that Since out there. We've been acquainted on Facebook, but um. But but yes, uh, I've been we've been making sure that our daughter, like I said, she's only two, so uh, it's a long uphill battle that we'll have to fucking get to. But uh, she's been loving it. She dances and gets a hoo 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 in yeah. Young American. Nice. She has been getting nice, those. So nice, nice. I, I mean, obviously, I'm doing something right. The song I keep going back to, Lady Stardust. That's the one that keeps playing in my head over and over and over it's and funny, over again. It's funny, you know, it's been Star Man. I know, right? I mean, that was... But there's certain yeah. songs of his that, that were always in my head for a long, long time. Five years is always in my head. Five years? Yeah. Five years, um, Moon Age Daydream. Moon Age Daydream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, because that song. used to be awesome. a giant song for me. A huge song. Yeah. I'm an alligator! Yeah. You know, and, and <laughs> that song just, oh, yeah. ugh, just yeah. put your Greg under my head and blah, blah, blah. So but, 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 but that's been just shoved in the background. Lady Stardust has been pushing forward. There's also all those sort of eerie songs. No, I know. Right left to right. Like uh, Superman and like all that kind of manages all the world. Like that kind of eerie, like elegant kind of style stuff. Yeah. There's that fucking... Quicksand. Yeah. Thursday's Child. Oh. Oh, yeah. Thursday's Child. The Hours album. album I've forgotten how much I listened to that album when it came out at the time. Wasn't that right after Outside? How... Yes. And how blown... It just snuck out there. It was just like... 
ours was so great and it was so it was such a gentle mm-hmm. album and such a like a like a like a cool breezy it's like, it's you, it's like you realize like, you're not going to play this game anymore there was so right. well it was a, it was a departure from the well that, well it was it was yeah. ours and then it the, was i realized i'm the same age that he was when he released ours yeah well, well but i'm just saying was was it was um, it was um outside Earthling well, and then ours yeah. and then yeah. he did. Yeah. 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 Like, but it was so good. Thursday's no, Child. No, it is. Yeah. I love all of it. But I remember, and then I remember when yeah. it came out. So and and yeah. also something in the air. Mixing it like right away. Oh god! Something in the air. I love that you just said it because I was sitting here in my brain going, "What is that song off the hours album?" Something in the air. And I kept thinking of Strangers When We Meet, which is outside. But that's such a tragic. It's such a tragic song. That's a song that sticks out. Yeah, it's such a sad. Uh, you feel as far as like breakups go. Yeah, breakup songs. I go. love a good breakup song. So my boyfriend at the time bought me that album when mm-hmm. we first started dating, and then three years later when we broke up, that song just would wreck me. It would yeah. wreck me every time I heard it. And that stuff he does with his voice, the you know, you know, the kind of vocodiary stuff that's in there, it's so good. Mm-hmm. But songs like that. But my favorite Bowie song of all time is Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. As in hoes. Andy Warhol. Ho. <laughs> um, are you ready? I saw Bowie and Nine Inch Nails uh, in 1995 oh. at McNichols Arena in Denver, Colorado. We got there very early back in the day when you could get there early. And I went and I was in the very front of the pit. Ooh. At McNichols Arena, which only holds the only place about, to be. Only holds about seventeen thousand. It's not a huge arena. Mm-hmm. Saw Nine Inch Nails and cracked a rib because I got pushed mm-hmm. up against the rail. Dude, it happened to me at Nine Inch Nails the Palladium. Yeah. <laughs> Caught Reznor's guitar neck when he smashed it. Oh, nice. Gave it to the gave it to the bouncer to hold on to, and I still have it in a box at home. Attaboy. Still has his fingerprints all over it. Um, <laughs> If I ever wanted to get into his mansion, beep, you know. Uh, <laughs> Bowie comes out. They did the whole transition. I'm afraid of Americans crossover mm. number. That was a fun video. And yeah, yeah. But they did that in the con- in concert with the end of you know Hurt, and then they bring up Bowie comes out playing saxophone over Hurt in the oh, background. Oh wow! It comes forward and they boom, they go right into I'm afraid of Americans, and then Bowie goes into his set oh, and just him. all over the map with everything. He does Andy Warhol. He comes out and he stands right at the edge of the stage. I'm f- six feet from the guy, from the man, the god. And I'm looking at him in this giant light panel, like 10 by 10 foot square, flat light panel covered in fluorescent light, lowers, lights and lowers. And he's just standing there with his arm held in front of him, you know, crossed in front of him with his elbow in his palm. And he brings his hand up and puts it at the side of his head like he's concentrating, like he's at an art gallery right. looking at a piece of looking art. At a fucking rim and this light panel comes down, and then he starts in with Andy walking and you know, right into Andy Warhol. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm in the presence of God watching him sing, listening to him sing my absolute favorite song of all time. And he's just looking straight ahead thousand yard stare like he's looking at a giant piece of artwork and he stands there and doesn't move just him the microphone stand in front of him and he sings and the light panel starts moving and 
tilting all, and rotating around him mm. and lighting him from all angles. And it was just one of the most, it's one of the most visceral visual things I will never ever forget that my God, my alien God sang me my song right to me, right in front of me. And it was just one of the best moments of my oh, life. Great. <clears throat> Absolutely. Man, like the night he died, I was like, or the day after when everyone found out, I was like, I can't, I need to be around yes. people who love exactly. them. Exactly. Like, yeah. and Patrick invited yeah. me to ground control, which is yeah. that was the I met Michael. Yeah, yeah. Under those circumstances. And I was talking know? about, in our podcast, with the, I had the solo podcast, which is going up tomorrow with, with Tara, and, and talking about that instant connection with yes. someone, that we were at a Bowie event, and I already knew Patrick, and it's like, here's this other filmmaker and boom, and we met eyes, and it's one of those things of like, okay, this person I'm going is going to be important to me in a in a, in a creative, artistic, and f- you know, instant like friendship kismet. Exactly. Almost, you know, what I was saying is I've had many friends like that with Guar, but my ultimate point was, thank you, Michael, for bringing this together because if I had this kind of support group, like when Dave Brocky died, I would be over the moon and crying with yeah, yeah. you guys and everything. But at the yeah. same time. Nothing but respect to the man because without him, I don't have my fucking heroes, and so ultimately yeah. he is a hero to me. Yeah. Even though I'm not familiar with every reference that's been thrown down tonight, I just thank you for uh, doing this because yeah, sure. I know, regardless of the people in this room, uh, the people that'll be listening, this t- serves a purpose for someone you out bet. there listening and realizes that there are like my people that, oh yeah. I'm not just a weirdo who got sat over a musician dying and, you know, people don't understand me. There are people that are going through this with me together and understand what this man meant in my life. It's nice to be able to geek out. Yes. I guess that's my ultimate point, yes. It's been different. Like, it hasn't been like, oh, he had it coming. Like, it's been been a celebration. Right. Yeah. Right. You're right. There has been a universal, like, and yeah, I personally, on my Facebook feed, haven't seen anybody saying, okay, enough with the Bowie shit, because they would have been instantly unfriended. And I even made a post about that, about (laughs) wanting to say something like that, but being more like, instead of saying that, I'm going to say thank you to everyone for only posting positive shit about about Bowie. Maybe the article I put up about, you know, why are we more David Bowie than you know laughing at those who are mourning Glenn Fry. Um, right. Yeah, See, Which I wasn't. There's nobody in the world that can say that I am some kind of, you know, latter day, you know, only in the midst of his death type of fan. Because I've been putting Bowie shit on my Facebook. Those Agreed. of you who've known me for any length of time yeah. like know said, that I've been putting shit about I've known Bowie. you less than a year and I thought of you instantly the same way I did someone that I know 20 years deep. I've been... I've instantly been, when Bowie I've happened. Been, a, a group of friends of mine and I from Rocky Horror from the you know, the mid, a, mid to late 80s, <laughs> right. we've been saying Bowie is God since that time. I mean, that's mm-hmm. been a thing in my life that's always been there and that's always been a part of, of who I am for all that time, so... And my my high school boyfriend, all of our high school boyfriend. I was super Speak into up, Bowie, right? Yeah, he was super into uh, what the hell was he into? What the hell was he into? The Smiths or something? I don't mm. know, some goth shit. Like, <laughs> and, um, it was funny because we're you know we're friends now, and um, he was telling me I don't know a couple of years ago how he suddenly was getting really really into Bowie, just like maybe as recently as like two years ago. And he's just like, I never understood why you were so into him, da, 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 but I get it now. I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> and since then, 
then, for like the past couple of years, he would just randomly text me Bowie shit for yeah, so right. long. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I've but been I doing the same it, thing. But I love it, because it's like 20 yeah. fucking years anytime, ago. You know? Anytime, I mean, they've been doing a really, the Bowie, the, the Bowie Facebook page has been doing a really good job of all these little vinyl releases and re-releases and remasters and things that have been coming out in the last three, four years, mm-hmm. or anytime there's a new album, or anytime there's new, any kind of news. And, you know, it's always that thing of I repost and say praise him with a heart, you know, and, and, and there's been so much of that, especially in the last couple of years since the next day came out. And it was one of those things where other people shooting me smiles back and how, how much of our Facebook feeds are filled with negativity and people oh shitting my on God. this and people shitting on that. And that's why I'm trying my best and have been trying my best for quite a while now to only only pump up shit that I like instead I, of putting stuff that no, I don't like. The reason that we've been friends yeah, after the first podcast I did with you and and the way that you end every podcast is be kind. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's why we became friends yeah. and like we're yeah. still cool of the you state. Know, after he said be kind of, he punched me in the face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> usually, yeah. Yeah, he's doing, <laughs> usually doing some kind of that on that part. No, she walked, <laughs> hey, she walked into a door, all right? Yeah. <laughs> she fell down the stairs. She what do you want from me? What do you want from my life, huh? Yeah. That was one of the difficult Google. things about the '70s is the different musical camps that there were, and being poly, being uh, you know polyamorous for music, and the fistfights that would break out between people who, oh, it's like you like this, and now you can't like right? that. It's like crap like that. And it's like what I think is really funny is that some of the the biggest musical fistfights have been between Bowie fans because it's like, oh, you like Tin Machine? I can't stand the new stuff. You know, it's like stupid. He did so many things. Uh, I just want to anyone like that. Is that you can find people who may be picky and only like a certain era, but at least they like something, (laughs) right? Yeah. Shannon, you mentioned something about Oliver Stone. What, go back to your thing oh, that you were going to talk about. Uh, go, speak you up. did. That Tra- was a little Tra- side note. Yeah. But yeah. we are correct. Uh, Travis went through a phase where um, oh. Jim Morrison was his god. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was. I went into a doors phase. Absolutely. And then not only, like, Jim Morrison, but then, like, Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison. Oh, yes, yeah. Oliver Stone's Oh, yeah. So, we were all stupid teenagers. Yes, so Don't throw your yeah. down your judgment. VHS <laughs> all the time. And Bowie and his little... Little tiny role is Warhol. Yes, right? that's right. And yeah, it was the, one of the first times I think because I hadn't seen Labyrinth yet since I'd been little. Labyrinth. Exactly, like that's what I was talking about. And I was like, you watch when you were little, yeah. and then you kind of forget, well, and then reinvent. My it. dad kept trying to show me Labyrinth and Dark Crystal when I was little because um, I was born in '83. So you know, Dark Crystal was I think the year before I was born, and then Labyrinth was '86. He said I would cry on both of those, and I would get really scared Hmm. (laughs) in the beginning. So you got the scared. I never got the cry. Well, I don't know. He said cry. Well, you know. Right. He's been teasing me. But, you know, like the opening to Labyrinth, you know, right before you see Bowie, they scared me. And so he was thrilled when I wanted to go watch them again. You know, I think that's why, and maybe I'm just a weirdo, but I don't know. I'll ask the other ladies here. Like, I think that's why Labyrinth was so appealing. For the same reason that when I was even younger, younger... Why Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka was so appealing because I've always considered that to be sort of the first crush I ever had. Oh, we're all yeah. old enough to know what a crush was. Wow, you're getting a high five from me. All I knew was that I'm watching this guy and he's kind of scary, but yet I can't stop looking at him. I know so he, he, he wants to feed time. me to uh, some other yes, entity, but, but he can't save you. Yeah, he has power to So I felt that you. way around Labyrinth too, but of course I was a little older and I'm like, well, why do I feel funny downstairs? I don't understand. But it's it's this weird. Thing that it probably says a lot to do about what types of men I'm attracted to now, but I digress. <laughs> Point is, 
I think I have a point. It went off the rails at some point. But it just, like, the mystique <laughs> of it all, you know? Of, like, I don't know what to make of this. I'm creeped out and intrigued all at once. What the hell is I, going on? I tell you, Tara, women like you inspire me to wear more makeup. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I, I think that until my boyfriend do it or request it. And then I don't like it. Oh, my God. It's super hot. It's super hot. Sounds it's great hot. until it's in your face. Yeah, I mean, I've never had that. I, I've never... It's interesting. <laughs> um... But I yeah, I know what you mean. There's something about I never. I don't think I ever had a crush on uh, Gene Wilde, but I kind of did. But As Willy Wonka, though, yeah, yeah no, because like, he has this quirky. Because he had that there's psycho face, you know. No, but, you're but, like, yeah. but he's also nice and gentle. Exactly, like, he'll invite you in and then just be like, "Good day, <laughs> sir. Exactly. Good day. I will not eat you." But all of this and get on his good side. But all of this makes us come full circle, in a certain way, and I'll tell you. Gene Wilder, <laughs> Willy Wonka, Anthony Newley, David Bowie, mm. all of those things. Marilyn Manson, obviously influenced by David Bowie. Bowie. David Bowie, all of that. David Brockie. All of that, David Brockie. Amen. And Gene Wilder is <clears throat> another honoree at Hollywood Real Independent. Bam! So, nice. As he should be. Well, <laughs> I think he's going to be there, too. So. One thing I want to touch on before we wrap this up. I want to talk about cultural impact in terms of you know that something has having a cultural impact when people start making fun of it yes <laughs> and, and parodies pastiches references did you guys get the gif of uh, uh, of the uh, the labyrinth bowie with his package all moving around that oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm specifically uh, specifically referencing Flight of the Concords the bowie episode mm-hmm. which to me is the absolute pinnacle of that show that out of the two seasons that they did the best episode that they did was the David Bowie episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also talking about <clears throat> other cultural references to, you know, Ziggy Stardust or this or that, and and how people kind of make fun of certain things. It's like imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. Absolutely. Parody is a sincere yeah, form. Totally. Absolutely. A sincere form of flattery. Cartoon. That was funny. Yeah, the whole thing with Steve Shit. Dallas dressed up as Ziggy Stardust on a bunch saying, you know, suck it up. Even lady. Zoolander and yeah. like he comes Ooh, out oh, and he has, to, yeah. he has to judge fuck the, uh, yes. the yes. model off. You the know? fact of Bowie being able to look at that and, and laugh. It was pretty well publicized that Bowie really enjoyed the Flight of the Concords episode. Yeah. He thought that was amazing and they covered three different eras of, of like, Bowie. Why would wouldn't you at that point? Um, Brent, Brent, uh, <laughs> or Liam Lynch, the fake David Bowie song. If you ever go back and hear that, that's outstanding. Liam Lynch um, did the whatever song. So yeah, like you Sifl should put Ollie. a link on your website. He did. Yeah, I will. He did uh, Syphil and Ollie on MTV, which is where we um, came from. Right, right. What? what? I'm geeking. Sorry. That's all right. All right. <laughs> I um, Ollie. Yeah, and then he did whatever on there, um, but he, he also did a whole album called Fake Songs, and he did a fake Bjork song, and a fake Bowie song, and a fake Pixie song, and they all sound, sometimes I forget that those aren't real songs by those artists, with the fake, you know, I fell in love with a wizard with a hot guitar, you know, and he's... <laughs> and Actually, uh, my buddy Abed is friend with friends with him, so you know, I know who you're talking star about. Lover. Yeah, yeah. The cultural impact, the wide, far-reaching influence, it's all kind of undeniable. And, and I, I like... I like that it's the people that don't even realize the cultural impact. Like, you don't even realize that's where it's capable. Like, uh, like I said, as a Guar fan, I can trace it back and realize, without Bowie, there is nothing of Alice Cooper, Kiss, Guar, anybody, any performance art, like, where you put 
music and art and stage performance together. That all goes back to Bowie. Mm-hmm. Well, was right. that the first mm-hmm. concept, uh, concept album? What, what? Stardust? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, it really yeah. was the first kind of overarching Absolutely. concept album. I mean, you know, Pink Floyd ran with that in the 70s and, and, and 80s as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, really. It's like Mitch Hedberg looking at Jerry Seinfeld and being like, God damn it, he hit everything airport related. Like, I've got no jokes. I, like, yeah. <clears throat> Jerry Seinfeld still on oh, my airport jokes. Yeah. I cannot tell the airport jokes now. People don't realize it's like people not not realizing that you know the first the first helicopter design was done by Leonardo da Vinci yeah, exactly you know, six hundred years ago or however many hundred years ago. Um, so uh, are we in the final stages? Final stages. Final, stages. final words. Final throws of it all. Anything? Anything wrap up wise that people want to say or feel hasn't been said yet or well there's a little bit of david bowie in all of us i think iggy pop said that yeah oh yeah well, he, uh, meant he meant it literally, literally. <laughs> Absolutely. he's speaking about himself yeah. oh, yeah. but uh no i mean it was about three little, inches inside of, all of us. inside of all of us <laughs> uh, thank no. you everybody for coming no thank you michael hey. for, for uh facility wow the best yes. Bad word to throw. Have more whiskey. Yeah, thank you. For putting this together? Yeah, for putting this together. Thank you for elevating this. No, but like I said, uh, you know, when Dave Brocky passed away, I didn't have anything like this. And even though I'm the minor part in all this and you guys are diehard fans... I'm just happy to be a part of this, and thank you, cool. Michael, hey, thanks for, for facil- coming. Thanks for coming. facilitating this. All right. Got I got, got it. Word. I got, got it. it. <laughs> he got it. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, uh, everybody, uh, if you're interested, uh, go ahead and tell people where to find you online to talk about Bowie or talk about whatever you're working on or anything. You can. You, you don't have to, but you can plug I'll your shit. I'll be the shit. shameless whore because I, I am. If you wish. Uh, Please check out uh, the Guarcast. It's available on iTunes, Instagram, uh, Facebook, everywhere, and also I have many uh, Instagram accounts right now. I'm in between <laughs> podcasts. Uh, you can check me out, the Podmaster General. Uh, I got my new podcast coming up, uh, Get Off My Pod. That's going to be lots of fun, as well as uh, a lot more to come from the Pocket Bacon Podcast Network. So, Pocket Bacon Podcast Network, check oh, us out. Yeah. We're great. If uh, anybody wants to stalk me, I'm at Facebook forward slash Tara Price, Vimeo forward slash Tara Price, or Twitter at Tara Price Less, because I am. Anyone else? Moving Patrick? Yeah, uh, Facebook page for Jess and Laura is Facebook slash from here on movie, and uh, or you can search for Jess and Laura on uh, Facebook, and it's J-E-S-A-N-D-L-O-R-A. Great Can't movie. wait to see it. Thank Great you. movie. Very Can't good movie. wait to see it. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Shannon underscore Robles, R-O-B-L-E-S. And then um, my adorable dog is on Instagram <laughs> at James Franco Puppy, all one word. <laughs> um, I guess I could be reached to email at r@pobox.com. Uh, r@pobox.com. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. Uh, it's S-A- Praise him. <laughs> Praise him. <laughs> Uh, S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L on Twitter, underscore St. Michael on Instagram. You can find us online at something2xp.net. Subscribe and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Check and out subscribe, our- rate, and review. Yes, thank you. Check out our blog and listen to past episodes on something2xp.net. We're also on Stitcher. Uh, email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind and praise Bowie. 
You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your host, Michael John Simpson. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro and outro music, Lazarus, by our Lord and Savior, David Bowie. Please visit our website at something2xp.net. You can find us online everywhere as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Please help support our podcast and get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash something2xp. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.